0: Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a ludite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Well, you, know, you know, just say something nice?
1: It's showtime.
0: Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news and discussions, plus reviews of the films, TV shows, and music we've enjoyed, or otherwise, in addition to our Say Something Nice challenge. Be sure to check us out at ssmpodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and TuneIn. Be sure to like and share the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are under the handle SSMPodcast. And be sure to comment and rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, it's showtime. Okay. Oh, uh, so it's not, it's not. oh.
2: It's not. that was my bird. Oh, that's not
0: good. my level. Okay. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello everybody and welcome. My name is Brandon. I guess I'm Ken this week. This is Ollie. And this is the Say Something Nice podcast. Wait, you guess you're Ken? I guess. I think you are. Believe in yourself, brother. All right, thank you, Walt Disney. I was actually more thinking um the Wiz, um either DD Brick you know, or you failed. You failed. <laughs> uh, we are recording this on Sunday, September the 30th, 2018 A whole lot has happened this week in entertainment-related stuff And we're here to talk about mm, most of it um, One thing we won't talk about, I'll just say three words to describe it Fuck you, Kanye, and let's move on uh, What have you guys... First of all, how are you, how are you guys doing today? Well, arena
1: Meh. Uh, meh.
0: Uh, I'm... Spell that. <laughs> yeah, spell it. M-A. <laughs> M-E-A. Meh. Uh, Can you use it in a sentence <laughs> and phrase it as a question? <laughs> Come on, Akila and the B. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to meh. Wow. Uh, I'm doing okay, better than I was. Uh, so, Have you guys ever gotten sick from the flu shot? I know it's like a slightly uncommon thing, but it happens. I remember the
3: first the first year that it was like a national wide spread thing. Somebody, somebody had taken it, and somehow they lost the ability to walk. (gasps) Why'd you tell him that? (laughs) Oh shit, I forgot. Yeah, you know, but
1: you, know, you know, know how I am. <laughs>
3: hypochondriac. Um, it was all on, on the news and she had to relearn how to use her motor functions for walking.
0: Wow. Hmm. I, all I was gonna say was I think I the the flu shot gave got me sick. I don't know if it was the full flu, but I, I thought I, you were about to say it gave you herpes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't do that. You <laughs> I was I was up and down. The last couple of she days, said. like I took out had to a work one day. And then yesterday I didn't get anything done because I was laying on the couch prostrate while my um prostrate. Prost- what I was laid across the couch <laughs> while my <laughs> forehead right. I had like I had like a fever and like this horrible prostrate. like, like <laughs> headache and I just couldn't move. All right. So all right. All to that, that end. All that prostrate movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, no, prostate is your pelvic area. Pro, I think I know, prostate, I know, I okay. know, <laughs> we know. I thought I had it correct. I might. You not. did. Okay, you had the word correct. It's just funny mm-hmm. to
2: hear someone use it. Uh, it's like <laughs> you can like whatever old teacher
3: or uh, older gentleman you were around when you were younger really had a deep impression on you. Uh, so that probably be my, be my dad. Uh, uh, ever when he's seen that in the Bible. <laughs>
0: probably only half but yeah so that actually gets into my review stuff because since i was sitting there laid out yesterday i didn't really get to go Well, I did i did go to the theater today we'll talk about that in its own segment not in here what i saw in the theater because thanks to a conversation ali and i had after i left uh i wanted to bring that up make that a larger discussion the uh what so i sat on the couch and watched who's who's bowling Bowling. Who's bowling? Who's stuffing their face with a ceramic bowl and a metal spoon? Um. <laughs> Ken, don't do it for him, with him today. <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah, so I was laid out in the couch. <laughs> wow,
2: that was really creepy with the reverb. Did you mean to do
0: that? I did. I, I was laid out on the couch and I, I watched a whole bunch <laughs> of prostrate. Sh- I watched a whole bunch of shit on Boomerang. No. (laughs) The the streaming app, of course, that's- uh, You would have done it regardless if you were prostrate or not. Not really. I was trying to get out the house, but I couldn't do anything. So I was like, well, fuck, I'm just sitting right here. And DC Universe was sort of kind of- It was under fridge for some reason. Like, it'd be having issues. But I sat and watched a whole bunch of from Boomerang. Apparently, for October, Boomerang has added every Scooby-Doo series they could possibly find copies for. Uh, And I think I said it before, but I'll say it again. I don't ever need to see Scooby-Doo in HD.
4: Okay.
0: And yet, here we are. Because it tastes like the nostalgia way, you have to watch it like it's new, and, you know, <laughs> that don't work. <laughs> uh, but if you have a kid, I guess, like Scooby-Doo, you can literally watch, I think, about a good, strong 300 episodes worth of Boomerang now. The only one that's really good, for I think, for grown folks is Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which we discussed on the show in past episodes. I also watched a Scooby-Doo movie called Scooby-Doo Music of the Vampire. I wanted to try and see what it was like for a while because I knew it was a musical Scooby-Doo movie. It's, it's awful. It's a standard Scooby-Doo plot, which is okay, but, and the animation is fine, but the music, the songs are terrible. They mm-hmm. just are. Like I, I don't, I didn't even fully watch it by about the halfway point. I started fast forwarding and skimming through it to sort of kind of see how it turned out, and to see if who I thought the monster was was the monster, and it was, and so that was that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can't recommend it at all. Um, Wednesday, I went to the Mall of Georgia and saw. Well, because Bobby, shout out to Bobby Huntley. Uh, and his friend Jay told me, of course, that And I think I, I made an article about it I don't remember if ever said it on the podcast They put out a 3D IMAX version of Michael Jackson's Thriller As the added attraction in front of the Universal movie The House with the Clock in Its Walls But it was only for the first week it was in the theater So from last Thursday to this past Thursday so I went Wednesday, which was the last night they were showing it. I drove to the Mall of Georgia to see it on the actual IMAX screen. And I guess thriller wasn't enough of an incentive because I I had that... Have y'all, have y'all both been to Mall of Georgia? I know, Ken, I know you have. Ali, have you been to Mall of Georgia IMAX theater? Nope. Hmm. I had the entire IMAX theater to my goddamn self at seven o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm. Nobody wanted to see that movie. <laughs> the House with the Clock in its Walls. And... For good reason it's it's not good it's a it stars jack black and kate blanchett it's based on a on a kid's book from the 70s it's about a little boy finds out his uncle is a warlock and his um and his next neighbor is a witch and they're fighting this evil um warlock who had demonic powers and put a doomsday clock inside of the um their creepy adams family family-esque house that's also alive it Has a lot of good elements, but it's not executed very well. The script is cut, is very bad. The dialogue is trite, and the little, the lead acting little boy cannot act. Like he makes all these big, gigantic, um, googly eye faces a whole bunch of the time. I don't know how those auditions happened, but it's not really, especially seeing it that seeing that level of non acting on an IMAX screen wasn't really worth it. Uh, But I stayed because I needed to stay there and um, eat my rice like Harriet Tubman. (laughs) All right. Because I literally had like like my chicken tenders and my fries and I wasn't finished after Thriller was over. Thriller was awesome. Thriller is so they took it, restored it for 4K from the original film, put it into 3D and remixed the sound for 3D modern uh, Dolby Atmos surround sound. So you can hear every instrument in the song in its own special little place in the mix. Uh, It sounded great. The only little quibble I had was that when you could finally get to the chorus after the little zombie dance. Whoever did the mix on Michael's lead vocals, they didn't compress it hard enough, so I can hear places where it sort of kind of goes out of tune and out of sort of kind of like good sound. So I would have probably hoped they would have fixed that, but I mean, otherwise, it was great. Okay. I mean, y'all, of course, have already seen Thriller. Everybody's seen Thriller. But I think seeing it in IMAX 3D is a different experience in and of itself.
2: And I'll never get that chance
0: again. I mean, hopefully... I don't think it was fair they only put it out for one week. Hopefully, they can find something else to put it in front of and put it back out again. I think I'm curious
3: as to why they decided to put it on in front of that particular movie.
0: Probably some sort of a deal that they worked out with... Um, I think they thought because... um. House with the Clock in His Walls is a, is a kid's halloween movie that it would have worked. But I think... Doesn't Goosebumps 2 come out this year? I don't know. They could have put it in front of that instead. So I'm pretty sure, like, there's a poster out for it in the theater. So I think that comes out in a couple of weeks. They could have put it in front of that instead. That's what I would have done. But what do I know? Because... And I also feel like they didn't advertise it very well because I feel like more people would have gone to see it. They would have knew that they could see Thriller in 3D. I think Thriller is popular enough of a thing to where even though you can watch it on YouTube and it's dusty 1980s uh, VHS quality copy, seeing it on film and in IMAX in 3D and with a good sound, I think is you know worth it. At least nothing else to see. Everybody's favorite uh, Michael Jackson eat popcorn meme. On a fifty foot screen. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Stop you were scared, this. weren't you? Ali <laughs> was a little scared. But yeah, uh, which one of them is
3: Michael? And which one of them?
2: I was <laughs> just thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me not, because I feel like I just get on Brandon all the time. No, the like funny I thing is that
0: Ali says that if he was watched, but he's watching the video. If he closes his eyes, he can't tell who's who. Really? Except for the con—I mean, you sort of kind of can't. Except for the context of the dialogue. awesome oh, an inside joke between you two. The voices do have the same timbre. It was only a movie. Was it funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that I checked out was uh, Jameson's album Four Nights in Prague," his instrumental hip hop album he asked us to listen to last week. I checked it out. It is awesome. I haven't picked the favorite track yet, but I every. Well, every odd number track I thought was well, was like my favorite so far. So I have like a good strong five or six favorites. Like, it's really, really awesome. Like, it's the kind of hip hop that I, that we don't, I don't, we don't get enough of these days, but it's like an old crotchety man when I say that, but that's how I feel. But yeah, definitely go check that out on uh, Jameson Scott for Nights in Prague. All right. Ken, what have you been uh, checking out lately?
2: Um I finally finished the second season of uh, uh My Hero Academia okay. um,
4: oh.
2: And, oh, I just, okay. and I and I remember why I said it took me so long to watch the second season now because I told myself there's no way I can watch this show week to week mm. when I said <laughs> there is no like it, you are wrong It's <laughs> like I'm already in like I I like this show mm. I I I love the story I think it's an excellent show um I I like, I wish cartoons were this, like I had an anime like this when I was growing up as a kid. Um, But the uh, thing is, it's just too good. Like, I would have to binge watch it. Like, I I just can't do that to myself. I mean, I I know season three has started and they got a few episodes on Hulu now. It just finished yesterday. It just finished? (laughs) But the the episodes on Hulu now are all, all subtitled. Which I can do subtitle, like I feel like a weak anime uh guy because the f- friend of mine who actually turned me on to my uh my hero academia, you know, he watches like a but you know, subtitled anime. If he was the one who told me like how without the you know, how they kind of um messed up Dragon Ball Z because some things don't translate because right. um Goku is actually supposed to be a country hick kind of character. Yeah. But you don't get yep. those that vocally, you don't get that. And you wouldn't understand that, even though it makes perfect sense, you know, it's it, like, you know, stuff like that. So he, it makes me want to always watch the, you know, the sub instead of the dub. But I'm sorry. In the, in, I'm, I'm, I think they call it a plural. I'm one of those people who's on multiple devices at all times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like to dedicate that much attention to something, even though I love the show, that's a lot. That's a lot, um, which I guess... Hmm. Anyway, um, with that said, yeah. Um, gosh. Anyway, yeah, My Hero Academia, awesome. Let me rush through. I also watched American Horror Story, uh, Apocalypse. What um, oh, was that? No. Uh, huh? Oh, I yeah, about that. I mean, some people really seem to like it. I don't. It, it's, uh, to me, so far, the season's a little just too kind of like mustache twirly and campy a bit and that that might just be me i mean the show's always had a campy deviant sexual sense of humor at times but uh you know these first episodes it's just like okay where is this where is this going what are they doing they're you know what is this concept they just introduced in here now that have like does not make any sense with the rules you've already established for this world, which American Horror Story is good for that anyway. So I don't know why it still continues to bug me like you, you, you know, um, mind wants to fix it. <laughs> I want to fix a lot of things about this show, um, <laughs> but you I continue to watch it. Uh, well, I mean, unless it's really bad, then I'll flake out around episode five or six or something like that. But you always give In- it a
0: chance each season.
2: Yeah, I give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Um. Right, But beyond that, um, that's all I watched. I mean, it seems like it's with the last episode is going to get good because, you know, this whole season is supposed to like reuse characters from each one of the different seasons so far. Mm-hmm. So this, like the introduction of a certain character at least gave me like the hope that, okay, at least the shit's going to be funny and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's, that's what made this season. It, that season didn't make any sense either. But it kept me you know it was just you watch for the character the you know the actors because they were really into those characters and the clips and stuff like that anyway beyond that i really didn't watch or uh, pay attention to much else this week uh so that's, i guess that's it for me i still need to finish iron fist i don't know why even though the feel is not that bad it's just not that good either i guess right it just feels like okay. I'm watching
0: it. I can be doing a million other things while this show is on. All right. <laughs> and like, did yeah. you check? You say you checked out a little bit of the Carter Five, right? Oh yeah, I did. Album. Yeah, huh. it was decent. Okay. I like it so far. Was it worth the wait and the lawsuits and um, all that kind of stuff? Mom, your money is always worth the wait. <laughs> Good point. Good answer.
2: Does uh, uh, so only? I mean, I don't want to like because I've been skipping around different songs. Um, so I don't want to get like a reality review of it. Um, but I mean, I will say one thing about it is it's been so long since, a, you know, Wayne album, you know, with impact or song dropped that it's just making me, uh, like, I'm like, okay, is he sounding, is Wayne sounding like Wayne or is Wayne sounding like people he inspired mm. now? You know, cause one song I'm like, well, this is kind of Drake-ish. Or this is like this artist or that artist, you know. He also has a song with an interesting concept with uh, Kendrick Lamar on it. Uh, A lot of people, it's called Mona Lisa, that's the name of the track. A lot of people I I noticed on Instagram were bumping that. But I'm like, the thing about that song is I'm like, Lil Wayne, you you came through with a, a pretty strong story concept here, you know. That you know, even though it's kind of repetitive, but you're adding you know more information with through each repetitive repetition of the verse it's kind of cool. But then Kendrick Lamar just follows you up with the same concept. and you know Kendrick Lamar will give a voice to every character, and you can tell the difference unlike the Thriller video, um, right. even though he's the one doing all the voice. Um, but and I'm just like you kind of you kind of you kind of blew you out of the water, and it kind of makes me think. Wonder, hmm. I wonder how much of Kendrick was inspired by Weezy, though. Now, mm. you know, just in some kind of delivery and different things that I'm like, it makes me notice stuff, you know, about okay, this is why Wayne was so important to the game. Um, you know, saying even more than I already knew. Right. Uh, so, but I mean, that's it for me this week. Okay. I've been a, bit, a bit busy week. All right,
0: Ali,
3: Ali, Ali, so free. I, I finished. um... Uh, Iron Fist. Um, hmm. That 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 uh, introductory groan. So it's an improvement <laughs> over the first season, which isn't saying that much. Um, however, they did fix. They did. I did appreciate that they fixed a couple of things. Um, I think the the writing that they did for Danny Rand is, is better. Um, I think not having him, you know, whine. Or complain or proclaim every two seconds that he is the immortal Iron Fist is a good idea because mm-hmm. um, it, it really it really it really helped me not to get pissed off every time I see his face
1: mm-hmm.
3: and and um, yeah the introdu- um, reintroduction of um, some characters that they had in the first um, season um, was pretty good um, they really uh, worked on the girlfriend as well calling Wing. And, um, so I, I thought that was that was pretty good. the story um what they the plot um is also an improvement from the first season, which isn't really seen that much. however, it was more enjoyable, so i'm I'm here for it, um just like um what Ken said where um hey, if you're watching this, you should you you're probably doing something else is what I did. I would watch it every time I'm cooking or every time I'm washing dishes, so so yeah, um, the conclusion to the story I will not spoil. Um, I I don't think it's anything to call home about, but um, if if they're doing what I think they're doing, um, maybe maybe this could be a good thing for season three, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that's Iron Fist, Immortal uh, Iron Fist. I'm I honestly waiting. I'm honestly waiting patiently for Daredevil (laughs) to be completely honest. (laughs) Because that's that's coming up. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. and That's that's honestly that and Jessica Jones are the only ones that I really care about. uh, To be completely Mm -hmm. honest. Um, So, I also, uh, just like Ken, I've been launching My Hero Academia. Um, Honestly, to follow up on that endorsement from Ken, I, I, I honestly want Brandon to watch this just for season two, episode ten. <laughs>
0: like hmm. uh, Do I have to watch that one um, first or no
3: No I no, no, I'm um, no i have saying if you ever watch this series, I when you get to season two, episode ten, um that's that's honest that's one of the episodes that people um really like. Which episode is that? Hard um almost the end of the the school tournament arc okay yeah um so because where the main the main character is the main characters having a fight basically at, um towards the end of that season anyway the point is um yeah i just think it's really good and it reminds me well a lot of people whom um I talk to who actually read comic books, like American comic books. They say that it reminds them a lot of, um, uh, like, I think they called it like vintage comics. Like how the, was, no, what's that thing that you guys often refer to? Um, early comic books. Golden age or
4: silver age.
3: Yeah. You guys mentioned like ages, like the golden age of comic books and stuff like that. And, um, people say that it reminds them of that, but just, in moving form pretty much because oh,
0: they don't scheme first you have first you have my interest now you have my attention what, wait a minute what, what did you, what did he say they got your interest in your attention Golden Age Silver Age comic books American minus
2: them um you know what it's kind of now that you say that like people have always compared it to Harry Potter but with superheroes but as far as Golden Age and Silver Age comic I, I couldn't tell you for sure but it does kind of give me a legion of superheroes kind of feel. Well, my favorite
0: comic yeah. is Harry Potter with superheroes. It's very, um,
3: it's the, it, it's very nostalgic of what, like how people used to perceive um, heroes. Back no, now, it's all now everything's deep and dark and grim. You know what I'm yeah. you Well, it's more, it's
2: more nostalgic. <laughs> I guess you're saying, yeah. Like it's more like a nostalgic look at superheroes instead of trying to real. Make them, you know, make them yeah, in our then, day and age where you see bat penises and shit. I, um, yeah, i <laughs> There's a very... Like, we don't need to get that very, realistic. Let's take it back to that fun level. But yeah, the show yeah, is it's a, very Legion of Superheroes. That's probably a good description. It's, it's fun,
5: right? You
2: know what? That actually kind of... Like, I never thought about that until you said that. Why, like... Why can't... Elite, like... Currently, DC has canceled the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the plan is to, you know, for that property. But that was, like, one of the first—I'm not sure if they predate the uh, Teen
0: Titans. They do. Okay, they, they're, like, the um, maybe the first teen superhero team, right? Not really. But it's con- Technically speaking, you could consider the Marvel family the first. But they have both Marvel family and Lee superheroes at the same creator, Otto Bender. So, hey.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they were in a team. They were a
0: family. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same so, thing, you know, it's a big team of teenagers. No, and it's, no, they have no, fun no, superpowers. No, no. no, I'm sorry, the Legion. What I'm saying is that it's, you know, a bunch of kids who all have various superpowers and it's set in 30th century. It's really fun and bright and colorful and it's not darkened. And it's hard to darken. They have tried a lot to darken the Legion, make them adults, all this kind of stuff never works.
1: Mm.
0: You disagree? <laughs> I can't give you, I didn't read
2: a lot of those comics, but ones where they were, it got darker and they were older, it didn't last, but those comics were very popular mm. because they dealt with a lot of mature, namely because some of the subjects they dealt with within comics, you know, different more like you said more adult themes but it's done in a a good way like trying to remember like there was like actually a like it was a said and said lesbian romance between two characters like that's just one of the things people kind of point out is like the things that people you know liked about the you know the darker versions of the legion or um because you know it dealt with things that its readers were dealing with too right which you know people who grew up with comics which There's always going to be a kind of tug and pull, you know, like, you know, like Democrats and Republicans that come through, like a look at, okay, I want to treat comics nostalgically. I want to have fun. I want to go balls to the wall, et cetera, et cetera. But then, you know, after a few years, you tighten things up because you need to regain the interest, interest of your audience and your audience and their views change. They don't want to see the same old thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, we, you know, we've gotten to the point where, you know, Okay,
0: does Wonder Woman really need a kangaroo? No. I mean, the kangaroo nope. can just hang out and chill when she's not, you know, right. or or a pet tiger that comes to life. A pet uh, tiger that comes to life don't do is it. a great character. Don't do it,
2: Ken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know how he is. I mean,
2: you know. It. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about My Hero Academia. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, even um, but even the powers and the names that they have are very much like that. And that's why, and that might be to Brandon's point about making it so dark, but I mean, now that I'm I'm wondering, why can't a Legion series survive when you got a, you know, a cartoon like that,
0: which is the only difference is they don't have mentors. Different audience for animation versus comic books. Only that can get you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it, but I
2: would definitely, I'm sorry, I would steal a little bit from that concept.
5: It also would help um, if if American stuff, especially D.C., I mentioned this the last time I was on here, all stopped trying to emulate Nolan Batman. Yep. Hi, Amelia. They're still doing it. we, so we didn't get it are still doing, earlier. doing it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which
2: which D.C. books are you reading? I know you're reading Super Sons.
5: Um, I was, I just finished. The, uh, I didn't read it myself, but I watched the um, comic story and YouTube channel of the Batman wedding. Okay. Why, why did we go through a year of, of, oh my God, they're getting closer. Oh my God, they're getting romantic. Oh my God, he proposed or she proposed. I can't even remember at this point. And then at the end for her to go, you can't be Batman if you're with me because Batman has to have a depressing life. Meanwhile, what was it just like two years ago? Batman was seriously on this kick of like, hey, I just almost died, but ended up transported through time. I'm tired of being depressing. And his story just continues to be depressing. Like, if you're going to make a character, his costume switch up was supposed to be like the inclusion of yellow again was supposed to be an indicator he's trying to be less depressing. And all they did was go right back to being depressing.
0: Well, that's also like an old sitcom trick where you have a year's worth of stories about the wedding and the wedding doesn't happen. Fresh Prince being like the first example of like sort of kind of points.
5: I mean, I know, but that pissed me off. So (laughs) you you just, when he didn't marry Nia Long, I wanted to slap him. So just like, thank you. You just did the main thing sitcoms do. This is why I love shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Big Bang Theory, where when they plan on getting married, they actually fucking get married. (laughs)
4: They don't. I mean... Tease it for
5: forever and then not have it happen. I
1: can see
2: yeah. that, but I—I I mean, weren't you waiting for the bait and switch? Weren't I,
5: you? I was, I was waiting for the bait and No, <laughs> what you know what I was doing? I what? was hoping, I was I, hoping that maybe I would be able to enjoy Batman again. That's what that was. I—I I saw that he was going to marry Catwoman, and I was like, ooh, a storyline that doesn't revolve around the Joker or how the Batman and the Joker are really the same, the same person, or they're two sides of the same coin, or they're the ultimate identity of order versus chaos. No, just Batman marrying Catwoman. This should be cool. And then it goes wow. straight back to depression. And I'm just like, thank yeah. you.
2: So how, many, how much of Tom King's run had you read before that?
5: I don't pay attention to who's writing unless I see the name Bendis, to be honest with you.
2: Okay, because <laughs> if you had been keeping up with that Batman series, like you like you knew something bad was going to happen. It had been I mean, you know that so, and, but, but not only because of the foreshadowing, but because like reading his stories, and if you've ever read any other Tom King stories, like he wrote this brilliant Vision mini series a few years ago for Marvel, which was critically acclaimed. And it um but or you know most of the stuff except for when he was writing um, Grayson, which it was the alternative Nightwing book uh, right. that had a little bit more humor with it. But I think he was that might be because he was co-writing it. But then that Omega Man series and so on and so on. His stuff is a little askew and like even though like if you knew his work, you knew there was going to be a twist here. But the funniest thing that happened to me that week was it was the in, bo- in both that that comic book Batman and in. Um, X-Men gold, I believe number 30. They both had similar plot points about why the the um, bride didn't get married because um, Kitty Pride was supposed to be married Colossus. Uh,
4: basically, it was the blonde best friend hating in both books. <laughs> this is
5: why. This is why I watch My Hero Academia and am very, very selective about DC properties and honestly Marvel properties that I read at this point. Because, I mean, I'm not saying the comics are getting, are, are like flipping as a whole, but like for my personal taste, certain ones just aren't doing it because they're all, not all of them, but a lot of them are like darker or trying to be more brooding and more as they want to say, adult. I'm like, really? Why can't adults have happy-ass stories about fun-ass adventures and taking down bad guys and having a smile on their face? Why do we ha- Why does the word adult in comics have to mean it's dark and sad? Edgy mm-hmm. fanboys. But yeah, but Amelia, what I, else you, what have, have you totally been checking out, though? Um, let's see, what have I? I caught up on My Hero Academia. I caught up on this other good show called uh, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord.
4: Not the son of a demon lord.
5: Okay. Okay. So okay. it's lord as an exclamation, or is a demon lord? I'm just uh, okay. d- demon lord, just the title, demon lord. Okay, so okay. demon come lord <laughs> like like, like <laughs> an old black woman. Not- <laughs> <laughs> that would have been glorious. Um, it's it's interesting. It follows the it follows the. Overused um ichi trope of anime, but it's still done well because and I like it, it's it's about a it's about a shut-in video gamer who just he sucked at personal communication. He can't remember the last time he saw a person in real life. He's really, really, really good at video games, and his character in this one MMO video game is called Diablo the Demon Lord. And he's level 150 and he's super powerful and he's a badass and he's mean to everybody. He's very cocky and condescending. And he wakes up one day and he's actually this character in a world that's very, very, very similar to the video game that he plays. But it's like, it's really him. He's not like, he's not sitting at home on a computer. He's actually there. And he sees these two women and apparently they summoned him by accident and like i said there's lots of like weird suggestive like sexually suggestive and borderline sexually explicit stuff because that's one of the anime humor tropes that they like to run but i like it because a lot of anime like you know same thing with like my hero is about a character who's not that strong or who starts off super weak becoming powerful from the very beginning of how not to summon a demon lord his strength is not a question. There's nothing to worry about as far as his power. His issues are his communication skills and how he deals with other human beings because he doesn't know how to talk to people. So when he finds himself in a world where he has to, he, he pretty much banks on the fact that he can just play the role of the demon Lord Diablo to create the character he created. So he'll be in a situation where he's like, oh God, oh God, what do I say? They just asked me this. What do I say? Well, what would the demon Lord Diablo say? And then he'll just say something really pretentious and kind of cocky, but it fits. But then there's other parts where like, somebody will be bragging that they're so powerful and they've wiped out so many enemies and then they'll try to touch him and like, he'll be like, I didn't feel that. I'm completely unhurt. What level are you? And he was like, if I had to give myself a level, I would say I'm level 30. Which means I'm so powerful, and he's like, eh, I'm 150. <laughs> so it's like it's watching a guy who's already basically all powerful, just be all powerful, but have zero communication skills. Gotcha. It's really funny.
0: All right. Anything else at um, o- all? uh for um, I forgot to let Ali talk about
5: American Vandal, so I
0: got to circle back to him.
5: Circle back. yeah. Go ahead and circle back because I don't. Other than other than another anime, it's been a mostly a work week for me.
0: All right. Gotcha. All right, Ali. You, so um,
3: just just uh, two more things. One, I also want to um reference um just to piggyback of what you guys were talking about in terms of your comic book stuff. Um, there's one thing that I that comic books they're just unable to do just because of their media, their particular kind of uh, media, is they they have no sound, quote unquote, but um, when it comes to when they're translated into like animated series and whatnot, then you can bring in um, soundtracks and whatnot. And I really think that, you know, My Hero Academia has a very, very good soundtrack. Um, so I, I just want to point that out too. And then lastly, I've also been watching American Vandal. And um, it is it is really, I think that is a gift. Um, honestly, Netflix, um, American Vandal, if anyone, uh, it's on its second season right now. Um, you know, as usually, they, they drop all the episodes in one, in one go. Um, this series follows, um, two quote unquote high schoolers who are investigating a, uh, who are investigating a, uh, sort of like they've taken on a case at their own high school where they believe that one of the students who is a, um, he's a prankster, they believe that he has been wrongfully accused of of um, vandalizing um, a bunch of, of people's cars in the parking lot by drawing dicks on them. <laughs> and, and essentially this... <laughs> The whole show, the whole series takes on this model of a, a mockumentary style investigation. It's basically, and I was telling this, it's basically like if, if um, the, the serial podcast and how to make a murderer If those two things, if somebody saw this and was like, "Mm, I can do that too. (laughs) They try to do it themselves and they try to, to, you know, try to make it as real as possible. That's what you get when you get an American vandal. It's, it's, they're trying to, to make you reference um, these things that you've been watching, where it's like a, a serious documentary about something that has happened, and, you know, it's it's more or less following investigators and less about the actual, you know, the actual crime. And so that's basically what it is. And the funniest thing, and they I listen to um where's my Forty acres podcast? And I totally agree with one of the hosts, Feed on Black. The funniest part about this show is that people who are watching it, they think it's real. like people will actually get online and argue about this investigation because they think it's a real investigation. And the reason why they think it's a real investigation is because the characters in the series, they make reference to real life things. And if you're not paying attention, you actually get sucked in and think that what you're actually watching is a real crime that happened that they're investigating. Um, so that was, so the, yeah, so the first season is, is that and then the second season is basically, um, the fact that, uh, the characters in the show mentioned that, oh, they've, they've, they've had so much good coverage for this, that, um, American uh, media have, has picked it up and they've gotten a quote unquote Netflix deal <laughs> to continue to actually make this into a quote unquote reality. And so other high schools and other people are calling them to investigate their own stuff. And so they've chosen an, another mystery, quote unquote, at another high school that involves, um, lemonade that has been, um, that has been, uh, infused with laxative and that's caused the entire school, <laughs> student body, <Negga>. <laughs> during lunch. And so,
1: <laughs>
3: they've been called to investigate this crime because they've, again, quote-unquote wrongfully accused one of the students. And, I mean, again, this is just... They actually, let me tell you, they actually make a reference to the fact that... They've made a reference to the fact that they, they quote-unquote... Um, characters in the show, the two investigators, the lead investigators, the kids, they went on Trevor Noah. Obviously, they didn't really go on Trevor Noah. It's just that Trevor Noah has agreed to show up in the show. <laughs> and and again, it just leads to people thinking, wow, is this really real? <laughs> oh, so, Lord. yeah, I I would definitely, um, you know, I encourage people, please watch
0: American Vandal. It is a gift. All right, that's it for me. All right, let's go ahead on to news. And that didn't work. Uh, Shoot, it, the thing is down. All right, try that again. I Let's can do go ahead on to the news. <laughs> All right, so first up, um, DC Universe, of course, has been gone on for a couple of weeks. Um, for some reason, it crapped out on me yesterday when I was trying to watch. They had these little features on, like, individual characters to try to get you to watch the stuff on the service. Uh-oh, the cracks have appeared. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... It is an app that's just been launched. It's going to have books. Those tend to happen. I I'm giving them latitude to go back and fix it. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But they also of course are launching Titans in 2 weeks. Actually, this coming week they'll be showing a preview of Titans at San Diego Comic-Con, the first episode. And for those okay, who didn't San know, of Diego course, Comic-Con you know Comic-Con has already happened. Not I mean New York Comic-Con. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, it's this week coming up, the 5th through the, the 4th through like the 8th or whatever. And so they put up a new uh, trailer, which is actually four teasers, four character-focused teasers, sort of kind of combined into one. You know, one for Starfire, one for Beast Boy, one for Raven, and one for Robin. And mm, <laughs> they got some mixed reactions uh, in the Facebook group as we were talking about them. Uh, the least of which was that Ali had predicted that when they did the show that they didn't have the money to do Beast Boy special effects. So they were just going to pan over to the wall. You would see a shadow turn from a teenage boy (laughs) into an animal. And they actually almost did that shit. Basically what they did, they just, they just do a hard cut. (laughs) As he's changing.
3: Yeah. But, but Brandon, I only think that they, that you, that that they they show you a hard cut because this is a clip. No.
4: Uh
3: (laughs) We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think this is just I think this is just the way the clip is cut. I think you're going to see you're going to hear a transformation, you're probably going to see a shadow, and then they're going to cut back. I don't think they would do that in 2018. God we'll find is. out in a week. Okay. Well, but yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, what did what did what did everybody think about these? If you've seen it, these uh short character clips.
0: I
1: wasn't impressed. Hate them. <laughs> 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 oh lord <laughs> there's so
3: much so much venom <laughs> Um, so let me let me see
0: okay so Robin the Robin had one obviously right yeah the Where Robin he, one was basically uh, the Robin. Robin the Robin one was in the issue the Beast Boy one was like there's hard cuts when he transforms they could at least do like a cartoony like a glow and there's you know, and the glow goes away, like Wonder Woman when she used to spin around the circle on the old TV show back in the 70s. They could have done that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that worked. I didn't I didn't think like they needed to
3: actually reference the fact that like they didn't need to be so grounded where they would say, like, oh, you need to be naked to do that. I'm like, nobody really cared about him being naked or having his costume on. And shit.
0: that's never been a thing.
3: It's never ever. been a big deal. Like nobody cares. But Ken. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> ken,
0: mm-hmm. ken ken, keep it honest. Has that ever been a thing? As far as I've ever read, uh, Beast Boy and or Changeling, he'll need to be naked to transform into animals.
3: No, he doesn't. Yeah. Or Wolf'sbane Bean from X-Men. Nobody but he cares. might
2: But the thing is, they you like in the Marvel Universe, they have like a blanket explanation for that, that um everybody's costume is made from unstable particles. Um, like for the Fantastic Four um, or in DC, it's probably something similar where Beast Boy is wearing special clothing that allows him to change. Without yeah, being but
3: naked. either either way, I don't think either, either way, if he had transformed, if he had a costume, on, because clearly Beast Boy in in this show he looks like he just has regular clothes on. Right. Mm-hmm. If he had trans, if he was wearing a costume and he transformed and the costume I don't know disappears or whatever, I I wouldn't really care. Like to me, that's that's a that's not a priority, right? Just have him transform. In fact, um, what was it in some iterations of the, of, um, of Beast Boy when he transforms? There's at least one article of his costume on, like a, like something around his neck or whatever. That, so that way you know that that's a yeah, um, Beast where Boy went. transformation. Yeah. Well,
2: As if the
0: big green color didn't tell you. Yeah. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, wasn't really feeling the Beast Boy one. The Starfire one, I'm still in the fence. She, I positively say something nice. She has a lovely voice. Um, Anna D up. her. her I, I, know, I did voice. say that she's tall. And yeah, she's tall. Why did I feel bad? Because I was,
2: I didn't say it, but I was thinking the same thing, Brandon. Well, I like her voice so. Yeah, it she, seems like she can, it sounds like she can act a bit. Yeah. No, she's not Starfire though. Starfire doesn't have that much attitude. Starfire is more like
3: isn't she, she isn't she quirky.
2: In the comics, I wouldn't say quirky. That's something they wrote for the um for the animated cartoon TV. show.
4: I'm the Flash. Yeah. Flash, Flash, Flash.
2: Like she's she's more fun and bubbly, but she's also more straightforward than the Starfire in the com- in the um cartoons. Like Starfire, if she gets upset, she'll bring it to you. Whereas like they're just it's like they're a little different um, now. I think this one is more saucy and sassy, I hate oh, to say Lord. that. Oh, God. Lord. oh, Lord. oh boy. <laughs> I hate saying that. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah. she's still but I'm still enjoying her song.
1: I I so promise. here's the
3: deal. So is this so is this either? is uh, it looks like as if they're making it so that way it looks like as if she's been experimented on?
1: Is that well she was
3: in the comics she was. So she knows that, it, and also I, I see people like rumors online saying like it doesn't look like as if this Starfire knew that she was an alien. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Sounds like they're making her like have amnesia or something.
4: Yeah,
2: or
3: trauma from, yeah. uh, from the so, experience. So okay. stupid. But um, but yeah, I. All right, yeah. sure, fine. It, her, she looks. Her her powers make it look more like firepower. Doesn't look really like like starbolts like what i would Mm -hmm. have expected so she just looks like a
0: pyro she's like fire um god what's his name Firestorm. thank you huh firestorm yeah very firestorm for hot spot rest in peace Mm.
3: so wait a second they
0: couldn't just put a they couldn't just put a green glow over that fire like brandon they couldn't hire you to do that they already paying people to put make it orange. They could have changed the color, but that's that's their decision, and I don't think well, we don't like it. But I mean, that's you know, they could have made it green, but you know, I don't know what they're doing over there. Okay, fine. The, the Raven one was my least interesting <laughs> one. She just I uh, uh, I think it was Alicia it said she like Wednesday Adams, and I said Wednesday Adams if she ate that uh, everlasting gobstopper and turned violet, but like oh, yeah, yeah it's, Raven looks like a Silent Hill character. <laughs>
5: She looks like somebody she looks like an executive producer has a daughter who forced them to go into Hot Topic one time. And then when they decided to put the character Raven together, he just went back to that moment.
2: I, would, I almost agree 100 percent with that, except for the fact that Raven looks like she's one of those girls who wants to dress like she shops at Hot Topic, but her mom will take her to the mall. <laughs> Oh so, uh, yes. So she had to DIY.
5: <laughs> like, she a,
2: DIY or she went to Walmart or the Rainbow. So,
5: mm-hmm. Yeah. She's she's the Walmart and Rainbow version oh. of Hot Topic.
2: <laughs> like, I, I like, you know what? That's a desecration to Hot Topic.
5: <laughs> because it is, because here's the thing. The actual character Raven. Like they never said where she shops, but it's basically Hot Topic. So it's just like, this is really offensive to Hot Topic because it's more the real deal. It's just, here's the thing. The Titans are my favorite DC property to ever exist. And Raven is the reason for that. The two, I love every member, but the two characters I pay the most attention to are Robin and Raven. And you've officially made sure that I hate both of the original characters. Beast Boy's acting is pretty easy. You just have to look like an excited child every time you say something. So even the little bit that I saw where Beast Boy looked at Robin and was like, I'd really love to meet Batman. I was like, that's on par for Beast Boy. Because even in the cartoon, when he met Robin, he was like, it's you. And Robin just kind of looked at him and was like, yeah, I'm gonna need you to not do that. And then like, but everything else, everything else about these clips. Starfire's design, every, all of it was bad. The only, what they did to Raven. <laughs>
0: hmm. The only thing I think works so far, is, and they've showed very little of it, is Hawk and Dove. I mean, Robin works, but Hawk and Dove look like Hawk and fucking Dove.
1: hmm
0: Yeah, so... I, I mean... <laughs> and I those are easy costumes to pull off.
1: Yeah.
0: So... I don't know what their end game is. Maybe they're going to have it where at the end of the first season, they're going to be on like looking like the Teen Titans ought to look. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going for like the long game, but they put out an episode a week. It's not a binge thing. So they you're asking the audience to wait quite a while to get to a certain point if that's where you're going.
5: Yeah, no, they should have just dropped it all at
0: once and let us binge it. I don't think they can afford mean, that. that. I think that's what the problem is.
5: They know that they know that there's gonna be some people who just because of the old Teen Titans cartoon are gonna feel so attached to it that they're gonna sit there and do week to week. And then there are other people like me who if they give this time a day, it's gonna be one to two days to binge watch the whole thing and then get rid of it. So they're not gonna make any money or they're not gonna make any extended amounts. Cause I'm sorry. This you're trying to be clever. You're not gonna get my rage dollar. You're not like I'm either not going to watch it, or I'm going to sit through it for one day to find out if it's as awful as I think it is, which it will be, and then I'm going to end my subscription.
4: Okay.
0: Hopefully, it's not as bad. I mean, I'll find out in two weeks and let y'all know. Um, I mean, I'm already. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I didn't pay for the full year. I'm paying for it month by month. I was going to do the full year, then I was like, ah, let me do it month by month just in case. <laughs>
5: So I mean, they'll it? have me, they'll have me for Young Justice, but not for Titans. Right. All right.
0: Next up, speaking of those teaser trailers, Fox released a teaser trailer of the first one that had been long, people long been waiting for, for X-Men Dark Phoenix. And they released it late at night because they went on one of them late, late night the- shows. Corbin? Corbin, James Corbin. And... Uh, Sophie Turner went on there, and so they debuted it on there at like 12.30 in the morning, on Thursday morning, <clears throat> Wednesday evening. And it sort of kind of hit with a thud. You know, it's—for all the talk that Simon Burke, who's directed this one himself, as his first film he's ever directed, all the talk he made about trying to do the Dark Phoenix saga better than they did in X-Men The Last Stand 12 years ago, it looks a lot like X-Men The Last Stand and everything they got wrong about the Phoenix saga. Yep. Um, so the, the hits kept coming though for Fox because immediately one day later, they announced that they were changing the release dates. Like, mind you, they put this trailer out Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and it says that the movie comes out February the 14th, 2019. The very next day, the very next business day, Friday, Deadline announces that Fox is changing their entire release schedule. So now Dark Phoenix comes out. In June of 2019, uh, Attila Battle Angel, which was supposed to come out this, this year, December the 18th, is now becoming I out in February. It. And instead, in that blank spot, uh, Fox is releasing a re edited and slightly reshot with new scenes featuring Fred Savage, apparently, version of Deadpool 2. That's gonna be PG 13. So, because apparently, they couldn't get it released in China even after they edited it the first time, so they're going to heavily revise it and put it out in theaters again worldwide,
4: including in China. Ugh.
0: <laughs> y'all feel, y'all feel
5: <laughs> That's I know that's a I lot. Mean, I, was waiting, I was waiting for someone else to speak before I got started, but really, you're, here's the thing. I want to say I'm disappointed in Sophie Turner, but I mean, she sounds a stark. There's not that much to go on. So what really those- <laughs> if, if this was if this was Maisie Williams, I'd be livid. But if like you know, if it was a different Stark sibling, Mate? I'd be may, way angrier. Was so. Maisie Williams
0: supposed huh? to be in the new in the mute, new mutants movie? Yeah, that we do new mutants, right? She, movie yep, movie. she
3: plays. There'll um, be time for you to be disappointed in her too. It will there. Yeah,
1: they were <laughs> still releasing <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean,
2: look, at this point, I'm. Just, I think they're stalling. Uh, trying to stall at least like put off excuses and stall these movies out, and try to make a better announcement that's gonna come out on the streaming service. This is my prediction. Or well either or they're just gonna be scrapped some kind of way to make way for the mutants and the MCU. That's it.
5: Well I it. think I, I think something different. I think they're I think they're pissing. I it's it's like it's kind of like a if I can't have this no one can thing. Yeah it's that's like, sort of how I this, feel about it. The deal went through the no, 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 not, not yet, not yet. Or it's about to be, right?
0: It might it's be Marvel. about to be. They're still getting, they still have other countries they have to get, you know, legal approval for. So it's not a done deal yet. And the people at but Disney, and the people at Fox haven't really talked to each other quite yet. But the people who still work at Fox, I think the thing is that they feel jealous and angry that they're about to lose control of these properties. So they're going so to try like, to... Let's
5: just piss on them now because Marvel can't come back and be like, hey... You've suffered through how many god awful X-Men movies? Well, guess what? We're going to start off with a bang, but we're going to do cuz you know what, you know what Marvel could have gotten away with? What's the perfect let me ask you this. What's the perfect follow up to Thanos? The perfect follow up to Thanos? If you if you could pick one massively great story. Apocalypse? Like it, X-Men versus Avengers. Oh, yeah, man. They can't do that now because right. now there's going to be another god awful Phoenix movie in recent history, and we're not going to want to sit through that a second time, even though it's a totally different story. So since they can't go that road now, now it's like, okay, so now they're going to have to do like an origin story, which is also going to throw off the MCU because now they have to randomly introduce mutants. And it's and it literally, Fox is finding a way to be like, okay, if you get this property, we're going to mess it up for you so that you're going to have to struggle to figure out what to do next. <laughs> it's like oh you got it but we already did everything so what do you do at this point That the think that's what they're doing
2: Kevin Feige and, will be in charge before this movie comes out um, I think it, I hope it, so it, no he will You. They, I mean Fox is just buying time and making these announcements
0: because I'm like what's the point aren't what they is still the filming Dark Phoenix reshoots as we speak right now they are I believe so and they're also still doing
2: development on the on the um,
0: Gambit wait Gambit movie, which is going to be a romantic uh, comedy. Well, I mean, no. I know people which said I'm that. not mad at. Yeah, I could see that for Gambit. I just don't think they'll ever make it because okay. they've been they've been for years.
1: I'm okay, like, I have a question mm-hmm.
5: for all. I have a question for all of you because you're from a, a you're you're from a different generation of comic book love than me. And
4: okay. my mom feels no. Just I just because we
5: <laughs> no that's not what i mean there was a, i mean that there was a time in comic where the x-men were literally the number one looked at thing or one of the number one looked at things period yep. my mm-hmm. mother loves x-men uh my dad's collection is mostly old spider-man stuff so he and i see eye to eye but i know he used to read x-men but like my mom is obsessed with x-men and one of her favorites is gambit and i've never understood that He's a dude with a funny accent who makes cards blow up and carries a metal stick. What's so dope about him? Like, I've never understood the love for Gambit. He's got ever. a funny accent and
0: he's and him and Rogue have this, you know, on again, off again thing. It was, you know, he's a he's a charming character when he's written
5: properly. I've never
0: understood charming the love for Gambit.
5: Character. I've
0: never yeah.
1: understood
5: the obsession with Wolverine. I've never there's there's so many characters, especially within the X-Men. Wolverine's a short at, dude with
0: knives in his hands. How is that not awesome?
5: I mean, it's cool, but like, <laughs> it's it's America. <laughs> okay,
0: it let, he's let
4: Canadian. This
5: <laughs> I. <sighs> it's not that I dislike him. I never understood, like, how, like, okay, without you, I will say this. I understand that he's an interesting character. But ever since casting Hugh Jackman to play him, mm-hmm. the hype around Wolverine has gone too far. Even to the point where now in the comics, Wolverine was dead last year, but apparently he's back. But like, he came out of this, like, he came out of an adamantium cocoon he had created, and his skin is a weird color that's like kind of silverish now. And I'm like, you know what? I don't get it. But then again, my favorite superhero is Spider Man. My favorite member of the X Men is Iceman and Kitty Pride. So. For me, it's, it's, I guess it's just different. Yeah, everybody but, has their own thing. But yeah, I mean... I just never... I, I never understood the hype around Gambit. Like, he throws exploding cards and he's got a funny accent. Okay. <laughs> so then it's like, to cast Channing Tatum, it almost fits because Channing Tatum's a capable actor, but I don't give a crap about Channing Tatum. So I'm just like, okay, so he's like an actor I don't care about. Play a character from a comic I don't care about even though this comic has been teased. Like, this movie's been teased for, like, over a decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: this mo- It was supposed to come out after he got introduced in that X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. And to be honest, that actor didn't do that bad of a job. He could have done better, oh, yes. Oh, Taylor
0: Kitsch, Kitsch.
4: Kitsch? Yeah.
5: yeah, I actually like Taylor Kitsch as an actor, and I thought his Gambit was okay. But I guess for everyone who has a love for Gambit, yeah, for everyone who loves Gambit, it probably didn't qualify. But I just I just wanted to understand like what was there a storyline that Gambit did where he was just so amazing that everyone from that from that time of that story was like, We love Gambit. Because honestly, I don't my favorite know. person in the entire lore of X-Men is Magneto.
0: I think it was just the cartoon, to be honest. Shrugs. Yeah. Mm. I think it's probably the cartoon and
4: Gavit
2: actually got pretty popular in the comics re- re- relatively quickly, too. I mean, I guess because he was like, it was like a trope then, you know. An- it was another version of a mysterious, you know, like, lovable, uh, you know, uh, rogue character. Vaguely ethnic. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just a trope, but he was just more a more creative version of one. Instead of guns or knives, we're going to give him exploding crap. You know, cards that, da, 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 and a charming wit
3: to go with it. Gambit
1: is basically
3: a cowboy. <laughs> he's, he's a cowboy. <laughs> and everybody loves, yeah. back in the day, everybody loves a cowboy. It's
2: like they went to the other, like, okay, which other version of a boy band can we steal a personality from? <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, Bobby? Rick you already got Mike. Bobby. Ricky, your mic. <laughs>
0: If I like the girl, who cares who you like? All right, next up. Oh no, never mind the temptations. Those are really some different personalities. Oh Lord Jesus. David Ruffin. Oh goodness. Um, next up, uh despite the outcries of incels across David
2: Ruffin is back, who go.
1: <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's so bad. That's so bad.
5: Cause it makes sense. And it shouldn't. (laughs) Alright,
0: next up. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ali, did you catch it?
3: (sighs) Ali. I mean not (laughs) really because you guys know more about you guys. I know the anime part, but not the
0: if that's what you're referencing. You said David uh, Ruffin is who now? Uh, it's By a character from yeah from my, my academia. Uh, yeah,
4: Bakugo. Oh,
5: okay.
0: To sum him up.
5: Bakugo, <laughs> he's Bakugo's essentially just a hating ass nigga. Just a 24-7 hating ass nigga. <laughs> like and the main character of my hero can't even take a breath without Bakugo being like,
1: You stupid idiot,
5: I'll kill you. And you're just like, Why, dude? Yeah, that's like, rough. I see it. Much <laughs> much <anger. laughs> so much I just want to hug him. Do you? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this um, skit that this internet creator did about why Baku, like Bakugo not leaving Midoriya alone. And Brandon, even though you've never seen this anime, I'm going to send this to you because you're going to get it and it's, you're going to understand what we mean when we mention Bakugo. Like, he has a few redeeming qualities, but for the most part, he's just an angry... Hating ass nigga. That's his entire... That's, that's him in a nutshell. <laughs> gotcha.
0: All right, next up, Kathleen Kennedy has um, been re-upped as the president of Lucasfilm. So she has a contract through 2021, despite mm-hmm. the anger of certain sections of Star Wars fans everywhere who feel like it was her fault and not Rian Johnson's for some reason that The Last
5: Jedi wasn't the movie they wanted. <clears throat> Last Jedi was the movie we needed. Every Star Wars fan who disagrees with that, I, I don't understand you. Oh, I understand it's, them. We needed that movie. But like the thing, the thing is that people
0: have had so long to figure out their own theories that when this movie, because I'm sure Ryan, Ryan is it Rian or Ryan Johnson? And uh, I do not know. Let's say what's called Ryan. Ryan. Okay, it's Ryan. Okay, Ryan. Let's. B. Re- Ryan. Yeah, because Ryan Johnson knew all that shit because he he's read all the shit and watched all the movies and everything like everybody else has. He zigged on purpose rather than zagged, and everybody's mad mad about it. But for some reason, they're blaming Kathleen Kennedy. They blamed him a little bit, but he's not with the shits. So he's he's on on Twitter trolling everybody every day like ha ha ha, you're stupid, fuck you. And so because Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy, I guess she's you know a she's a woman and b she's not on she's not active on social media because she's you know. That's not her thing, you know. She's been working this industry for the last forty years. You know, they started trying to attack her and trying to talk about. They started rumors that Disney was going to fire her, especially after Solo underperformed. And they started naming people like the guys who, who write the cartoon show, the Star Wars Rebels cartoon show, to say that they were going to be take over as the president of Lucasfilm. You stupid fucking idiots. What? <laughs> <laughs> She, she made one movie that didn't sell and three others that made over a billion dollars. They're keeping her ass. They have fire... They... They... they, they, they listen. She, Sorry. she, she <laughs> got to make a couple <laughs> more flops before they consider firing her ass. Nobody called for Sean Bailey's job when A Wrinkle in Time flopped.
5: And... Let me point out, it only flopped because Black Panther did so well. Right. It came it was- out weeks, weeks after Black Panther. That's yeah. the only reason A Wrinkle in Time did not kill, because that is a great film. I love that movie.
0: And what else? Um, when, trying to think, when The Good Dinosaur, that Pixar movie nobody talks about that nobody saw, when it went super belly up, nobody called for Ed Catwell's yeah. job. Or for John Lasseter at that time, they called for it after we found out he was touching people under the table at meetings. <laughs> so to attack Kathleen Kennedy for making a movie that didn't follow fan theories and didn't center the white man the way she wanted it to is disingenuous and is actually kind of baldly sexist. And to everybody sure. who's mad Thanks. that she got that she still has a job, nanny, nanny,
5: motherfucking boo boo. <laughs> Okay, I haven't heard that one in a while. Mm-hmm. They they need to stop making Star Wars movies. And this they, is they,
0: well, they really are. Love. They are slowing down. Um, they, we talked about it well, last week.
5: No, just in general, there don't need to be any more because here's the thing. Star Wars is a great, was a great franchise, like back in the original three. Am I saying that I only ever need the original three? No, because Rogue One and Last Jedi are actually my favorite two Star Wars movies ever made. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. This fa- this this franchise has been around too long and there's all you got to remember you know back when george lucas okayed like a hundred fan fictions and they all became books that became like star wars lore Mm -hmm. so people was people still even though even though like even though disney has made clear those books are no longer canon People are like, why haven't they brought up the Grey Jedis or why haven't they done this? And then I have to be the person who knows enough to go around and be like, because those don't exist in the canon anymore. All of your little fan books are no longer valid. And you need to understand that, which means your fan theories are no longer valid, which means your fan assumption is no longer valid, which means your fan rage is no longer valid. Because Disney is doing the thing that George Lucas failed to do which is realizing that because your first few films were so good, no movie you make is going to meet the expectations of every fan. So stop trying to please your fans and make the story that makes sense. And I'm sorry, the first order is way too powerful. We were not. That's why my favorite line in that whole movie is Luke going, wait a minute, do you want me to walk out with a laser sword and take on an armada? Like he literally looked at her like you're the dumbest. Person, I've ever seen in my life because any idea that one Luke Skywalker can do that is the dumbest thing in the world. It's so, it's absolutely ludicrous, and people need to face that reality. There's a way that they can win, but think about it. They took down the Emperor, and there was still another, you know, like Luke's giving up on it was like, we took down the baddest of the bad to ever exist in being bad. And there's still another evil force out there. Yeah. This fight never stops. And I'm tired of playing part in it. It's it, because the, the, the light side of the force and the dark side of the force is literally good and evil, which means we're constantly going to watch the fight between good and evil, which means it's never going to freaking stop. And that they like, no, it, just because the way you have framed this story means you can go, it can go on forever, means it shouldn't be. It shouldn't go on forever. Like, This is the divine difference between something like Doctor Who and something like Star Wars. Star Wars is an ongoing battle, which means all we're ever going to get is battle. Doctor Who is a story about healing, self-discovery, and change. Literally, change is one of its biggest pieces, which is why it can go on forever. In its own ethos and creation, Star Wars is finite. So the fact that they keep dragging it out is only going to is only gonna continue to hurt its legacy. Right.
0: I got you. All right, next up, the Arrowverse first crossover for 2018 is called Elseworlds. Now, for those of y'all who have read enough DC comics, y'all know that Elseworlds basically is the term DC used to describe stories that don't actually happen in DC continuity on quote unquote alternate Earths. And so the story that they're going to be doing is going, only going to be the Flash, Supergirl, and the Arrow this year, no Legends of Tomorrow, and still no Black Lightning. So there'll only be three nights. it be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, during, like, I think the week after Thanksgiving. Happy
1: days. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> and it's, they're going to bring in, of course, Tyler Hecklin to play Superman again. They have Bitsy, Bitsy Tulak playing Lois Lane, who had her first appearance in the Arrowverse. Ruby Rose will debut as Black Woman, and if the CW approves, she will have her own show next year. Cassandra Jean Amell wife of Stephen Amell, is playing Dr. Nora Freeze, who is Mr. Freeze's wife, so I'm guessing she'll be the villain, or one of the villains. And LaMonica Garnett, who is a dude. LaMonica. And of course, the black dudes, the love should give it away, uh, is playing The Monitor. And for those who don't know, and I barely knew, and I was talking to Ken about this before we started recording, The Monitor is one of the characters in the DC universe basically, like, who overwatches the multiverse. And he's going to warn them about the anti monitor who wants Mm. to destroy the uh, the multiverse, and so that'll be the conflict, or part
5: of the conflict at least, for this crossover. So, I'm really excited for the Ruby Rose thing, but also, can we just take a, a second to just address the blatant boldness of the CW right now because they know that they're doing DC better than DC is? So, they're like, oh. We're going to include Superman. We're going to bring in Lois Lane. We're going to bring in Batwoman. We're going to bring in the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor. And we're gonna we're also going to get Mr. Freeze. It's like they're itching as close to Batman as they can because... They aren't allowed um, to go all the way to Batman. Yeah, DC won't let them go all the way back. Well, it's not like, DC. Hey. It's Warner Brothers. Right, because of the movies. But they're yeah. like, we're going to get closer and closer and closer and make better... And better and better than you did. Like, tell me, tell me honestly, Justice League got Justice League got made, and then and then Crisis on Crisis on Earth X got made. Which one was better,
0: Crisis on Earth
5: X? Of course, that's because the CW knows that it's doing better than the big company that's supposed to be making great DC content now. Right now for this new season, they're just like, oh, we're just. We're just going to keep doing what we've been doing, but itching closer and closer and closer until we have everything. Right. Because you're slowly going to realize that you just need to hand it over.
0: Because Greg Berlanti at least seems to like the characters or or certain iterations at least of them from the 80s. You know, and that's sort of kind of what they've been making more or less. The people at Warner Brothers don't like these characters. They They don't even like Superman. They just like money. And they won't let anybody who is actually from DC itself... Have a real say in what gets made. They're only brought into consult and try to keep whatever is on the production schedule from being too terrible. And it doesn't always work. There was a lot of stories I read, all alleged, mind you, but they probably happened. About Jeff Johns trying to rewrite pages of Justice League on the set while they were shooting. And hmm. you know, anybody can tell you that doesn't that doesn't work when it's not your script and everything. Right you know, you're trying to redo pages as they're shooting, you know, and that sort of kind of didn't work for them. So, I mean, the whole Warner Brothers thing, I was actually researching it the other day, trying to figure out where everything went wrong. And it's still just that they don't have a Kevin Feige. They don't have somebody who's actually in control of everything they do, who actually gets to help decide which movies they do or don't make. You know, it's basically that the people at the top of Warner Brothers decide we want to make a solo Joker movie that doesn't, that's not in the DCEU because we want to try to get Joaquin Phoenix and Oscar. But Ugh. people are going to be confused. Ah, oh, they'll be fine. We'll explain it. And then they don't explain it properly. And people are still fucking confused. They're like, is Batman going to show up? Or are they going to, if Joaquin Phoenix is better than Jared, Jared Leto, who she probably will be, are they going to bring him into the DCEU? Which is, no. I'm pretty sure Joker dies at the end of this shit. Probably. But the way they've been talking about it, I'm pretty sure he dies at the end. You know, it's supposed to be just a standout store, but nobody understands that. And it's hard to explain to people about that. People at least understand with Marvel that if you don't see Marvel Studios at the front, just ignore it. <laughs> they've got, they've got, yeah. they get that. With with DC stuff, it's all Warner Brothers because D- Warner Brothers owns DC lock, stock, and barrel. So they don't have everybody have a say in that. So it's just all confusing. And the, even when the CW stuff has problems because The Flash was terrible last year. Supergirl's okay. Oh, wait,
5: wait, hold on. No, it was terrible. These, okay, the latest season of The Flash is still better than every season of Arrow since season Oh, that's
0: three. true. Arrow was awful.
5: <laughs> so, I mean, and also, you got to remember, their goal for this newest season of The Flash was to keep the optimism in because they said at, after, the, after the Savitar season, they were like, look, some of you loved it. Some of you hated it. And some of you were just okay with it. And we get it. We went dark. You know, it's like Zoom, Zoom was kind of dark. Reverse Flash was a little bit dark. Sav- 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 Savitar was super dark. We're not going to do that again because the Flash isn't a dark character. Right. We're not going to fall into the dark and gritty trap hole. Right. So they warned us. They said, we're about to go as bright and positive as we can. But it's that doesn't translate to bad writing. Right. And now <laughs> am I saying everything was perfect? No. I, there were plenty of episodes where they had where like subject matter, like to be honest, I wasn't feeling the whole Iris has a speed force thing. Not because no, I was That was actually Iris. good. That was I, my favorite I, episode of last season. That was the only
0: episode I thought Right. Worked. It
5: was it was well done, but I also felt it was unnecessary unless they were going to drag it out for longer. But because they made it like so short, I was like, uh, eh, just really you could have you could have done something else here. But it's still cool. But the introduction, I thought I felt like The Thinker was a fairly well-done storyline. But more than anything else, I'm so ready for the new season because the introduction of Nora Allen. And also, that's an actress that I love who never Jessica gets the work. Kennedy. And here's the thing. She, the same reason that I know I'm going to watch this new season uh, as, it, as it slowly gets its to Netflix, you know, half a season and then full. Uh-huh. And the same reason why the same... Is the is the same reason why originally I started watching Riverdale in the first place? Right. Flash had um, Flash had me because I love Flash, but also because Grant Gustin from Glee. I love Grant Gustin. I don't like Glee anymore, but he did a great job. Supergirl, the girl who plays Supergirl, used to be on Glee. Melissa Benoist. don't like Glee anymore? Still like yeah. L- Melissa Beno- Benoist loves them. Riverdale got me because of Vanessa Morgan, who plays Tony Topaz. Vanessa Morgan's a Canadian actress who gets very limited work, but when she does, she does a good job, but a lot of the projects she ends up on get canceled. This is the first thing she's been on that we know is not getting canceled. One, CW doesn't cancel things, and two, this show is a smash hit. It is killing it everywhere. She's going to be playing Tony Topaz until they finally decide that this show's done when they've reached like season seven. (laughs) And they're (laughs) they're like grown and shit. Right. Like it's they're going to end this show when Cole Sprouse, the only actor on there who probably won't run a franchise into the ground for money, will finally get to a point where he's like, no, I'm done playing Jughead, guys. I'm done. And then they're like, OK, so then we have to make this. Fun.
0: Right. Because they can't do it. Without I'm saying him. that
5: to say bringing in um, bringing in this whole situation, hell, even bringing in Tyler Hecklin. From Teen Wolf, who has only ever done like a couple of B movies or like more like D-list movies other than being one of my favorite Teen Wolf characters. Uh
0: Now, I don't know anything about this um, thing, so you all have to help me if you all know. Marvel Studios is going to make a movie about the Eternals, which are are Jack Kirby characters that he created in the late 70s, who basically are superheroes who work for a set of beings called Celestials who come to Earth every thousand years to decide whether or not we need to be destroyed. Uh, so That's going to be One of the um, movies For phase four They have hired What is her name Chloe Zhao To be the director And Matthew and Ryan Furpo Are going to be writing it So that's going to be One of the next movies In the MCU And people are saying Basically that The Eternals are a lot Like the New Gods At DC Because Jack Kirby Created them both And they have more hope For this than they do For the New Gods Because Warner Brothers
4: how y'all feel about it? I don't know much about uh those, so um I am going to have to just wait and see. Right. All right, Ken. All right. Uh, I'm back. Sorry about that. It's all good. And they're also making a Black Widow
0: prequel movie. They haven't officially no. announced it yet, but they're developing it.
5: I, I have care. been against it. I've been against this every time they've brought it up. Well, you have, to, you have we to don't.
0: understand that people who don't read the comics, they have only seen Scarlett Johansson in the Avengers films as Black Widow. And to them, Black Widow is like, the until Brie Larson comes along in a couple of months, she's like the main woman character the one, yeah. in the franchise. So they want to see more of her. That's why they're making this movie. Who is this That's people? why. <laughs> who is everybody? Probably, a lot of people say that. A lot of people really want to see this.
1: Basically,
5: imagine this, every single white feminist in the world who enjoys comic books and comic book movies has been complaining about various things involving Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson and begging them to make this movie. Yes. Even though all they needed to do was release a press conference that said, hey, did you pay attention in Ultron? Did you see the scene about the psychological torture with the ballet stuff and what clearly was an insinuation for rape that happened all the time? That's her origin story. No, we can't make that movie. We're owned by Disney. We're not doing a story about a, a female superhero whose origin story is literally Russia, KGB, drugs, torture, and rape. That's the most non-feminist thing they could do. So no, we don't need this movie. We could do her going on a mission on her own, which is what I think they're
0: doing. They're, they're not, it's not going to be her origin. Origin is going to be her on a mission early yeah, on. I bet okay. you. I bet you. It's a, I bet it's a
3: mission movie with her flashing back scenes of her childhood
0: yeah that's what they're
3: doing that's
5: fine we just don't need an actual origin movie because there's so much psychological emotional physical abuse and again rape in her story like we don't need that that's not what the world needs right now yeah I,
0: I agree capacity yeah meanwhile
5: over so at- every time they talk about an origin film i'm like no you're this is a bad idea right yeah
0: meanwhile over at warner brothers they have just greenlighted lighted birds of prey it's gonna come out February 7, 2020. They're gonna start shooting it in January, at least for now. You know how you know how Wonder Brothers I'm, does. Uh, they I'm scared. Oh, everybody's scared. I'm definitely scared. <laughs> but there's, like, there's a dozen. I like birds of prey. So they've hired Kathy Yen to direct it. Christine Hobson's writing this and also writing a Batgirl movie starring Barbara Gordon on the side as well. Uh, Margaret Robbie is starring and producing the movie, and also producing it is Sue Crow, who Warner Brothers fired this year after Justice League went belly up. She used to be the head of the marketing department at Warner Brothers. They partially blame her and her Supermanless Justice League uh, campaign for Justice League underperforming. <sighs> so, when you get fired in Hollywood, they give you a production deal, and so this is the first movie on her deal, deal's Burst of Prey. So, and they just cast, uh, this past week, they cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who y'all might know from Scott Pilgrim from the Cloverleaf movie, as the Huntress. And they cast Journey Smollett-Bell as Black Canary.
5: I'm excited for that one.
0: Now, so. and they're still looking for a Cassandra Kane and a Renee Montoya to round up the cast. Mm-hmm. Now, when I saw that they were considering Journey Smollett-Bell, I was like, that's what they need to get. I understand. Google the raw was up for it, and they they didn't pick her. I understand. Janelle They was up for it, and she refused to do a screen test. Which I'm like, why would you refuse to do a screen test? But she's got stuff doing. Maybe she's busy. Maybe she was busy because she. I think she's on tour.
5: But the funny- no, her tour is over. Oh. She uh, her tour her tour ended a month or two ago because I was at the last date. Okay. Maybe she, just, um, maybe she but, just didn't want to.
0: But <laughs> when they announced that Jurnee Smollett was gonna play Black Canary, y'all know that white, um, white, incel Twitter <laughs> pissed themselves for a good strong twenty-four or forty-eight hours. She can't play the Black Canary. She's not blonde. The Black Canary <laughs> wears has dyed hair and or a wig. She doesn't. She's not blonde either. Well, she needs to be Easy. white. Why? Jurnee Smollett is white, but she's also black. So everybody
5: wins. And I mean, you're already getting the woman who is, yes, a good actor, but the last comic book movie she did. You know what? No. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead because it's not her fault that her portrayal of Ramona was hot garbage.
1: I liked her portrayal of Ramona.
5: Did you read the graphic novels? Parts. Parts. (laughs) (laughs) It worked for the the movie. <laughs> yeah, but that means that you missed the part where Ramona was a great loving supportive girlfriend who was actually a really good person. Well, you but you, you also know the that, that they
0: were making the movie at the same time that
5: um that Brian Leo Maddow was finishing the book. writing six, but he was working on six, but you still had one through five of Ramona being a genuinely good person and a loving girlfriend. But they were like, Hey, to appeal to to appeal to appeal to hipsters which they figured would be their whole audience because they got Edgar Wright to direct and decided to base the whole thing off 8-bit video games, even though there's not nearly that much 8-bit video game stuff in the Scott Pilgrim comic books in general, it's just slightly reflected a little bit. They were like, we're just going to make, we're going to make this whole movie storyline a week long and you're going to be a cold-hearted bitch the whole movie. You're going to be a character so dull that we genuinely don't know why Scott picked you. I like that. Her her job of being an actress, she does really well, and that's what I'm starting to see with a lot of actors. Is a lot of people will look at a role that an actor did and say, "Oh, they can't act for shit." Sometimes it's true. A lot of times they just got shit writing to deal with. Right, That happens. And that's very true for a lot of creators. Like, and that's how it is with her because I watched something else she was in that uh, Cloverfield Lane movie, yeah, and she killed it. Oh, <laughs>
4: Yeah, and I, that's when I learned
5: you're a capable actress. You just got stuck with a really shitty script, right? Yes, yeah, like that. That. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for her portrayal in this because because I think she'll do a good job, but I'm also worried because it's a DC film property. Yeah, and they have all. I got into an argument the other day because I said Man of Steel was a really bad movie. And my best friend in the world was like, no, that movie was great. I was like, no, it was great to you. I, like, you like, I like Man of
0: Steel. Kid. It is, I mean, it takes like a more sci-fi approach to Superman, but I don't want to get the whole argument on there. We've been literally been arguing about that on this podcast for the last ever since the podcast began. <laughs> Man of Steel triggers. Like knock down drag outs on the show, so I don't feel like doing that today. I will say right, no. I, I, I'm happy that Journey got this job because this is another um, feather in her cap and her um, proxy battle against Jussie to be the, um, the prime Smollett. Oh, <laughs> right, because this is a real contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot, Ali. You don't like Justice Smollett at all. I forgot. Yeah, yeah,
3: because
0: oh, we know they were
3: neck and neck, Brandon.
0: Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but people have done like you know, whole, those like those fan art things of um Hurts black canary and i haven't seen a bad one yet
5: yeah so, i've seen a few of them and they're all pretty good yeah <laughs> that shit works all right next people up. just need to start um i when it comes to film adaptations people just need to really start paying attention to the cosplay community not saying that they need to like start like hiring cosplayers. To no, actors, no, no. I disagree with all that shit. Just look at the costume creation. That's all. I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Look at the costume creation. Because the if somebody on a shoestring budget... So amazing. Yeah. They're if so somebody on a shoestring budget can outdo the costume you've done for your film when you've had who knows how many thousands of dollars to invest in this, then you did something wrong.
3: It's the creativity. Because they have such a limited budget, the cosplayers, they're able to really max out their creativity levels. And it just, it usually comes out so, so, so good. Right.
0: All right. Next up. Okay. So we have a dark discussion, then hopefully a not so dark discussion. And then for the challenge, we have a fun discussion. So I tried to structure it so we don't blow our brains out the end of this. Let's start with the hard one first. Um, So Bill Kazi was um, sentenced this past week to Three to 10 years in prison for the sexual assaults of Andrea Constant back in 2004. And I did say 2004, not 1970 or whatever. If people have, y'all believe in, it was for one to ones from 30 years ago. Yes, of 60 women total have come out and said that Bill Cosby sexually assaulted them. You know, usually in the case of, you know, being drugged and um, having sex with women while they were knocked out. But he only went to jail... For one woman, because the rest of the had already were outside the statute limitations, this was the only one that was they actually had a trial in two thousand and five and six a civil trial because at the time the police did not file criminal charges. It took them ten years and, and an offhand Hannibal Burris joke to actually file criminal charges so the thing is, even though he was convicted. Uh, quite some time ago, a couple of weeks or months—I forget how long it's been. I think it's been months. The internet, especially black, especially certain black people—not all black people—but my in my timeline, it was like a twenty percent, eighty percent in favor of people with common sense thing. People talking about It's a conspiracy. That, oh, Bill Cosby's going to jail, but all the rest of the white men who sexually assault people ain't going to jail. And that they only got him because he was black. He doesn't need to go to jail. He's too old. He should be under house arrest, which he was already under house arrest. He wanted to go back to where he was. Well, that's not punishment. I'm sorry. Uh, These bitches lying, which is, you know, a very common one still. I just saw a tweet from fucking Dallas Penn who y'all might know from the internet, from the Combat Jack show, who is saying that if a woman comes over a guy's house to have sex and then does drugs and passes out and the guy has sex with her while he's passed out, how is that rape? I mean... Are you listening to this podcast? It's not on anymore. Combat Jack is dead, Ali. No, I mean, yeah, but didn't they continue... Oh, he, yeah, he has a podcast. Uh, he has a continue. Dallas has his own podcast now, I think, on the network. I don't listen to that shit. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Especially not now. How, how do you come across these terrible, terrible tweets? Uh, but the people shared them on Facebook so where I can see them. But yeah, people have been fucking. And like, I've tried to respond to some of it because some people I try to be reasonable with, like, you know, some of it just turns my stomach because it's literally like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like the biggest problem is that everybody's talking about they locked up a black icon. They locked up a black icon. Like the, the like I could argue Bill Cosby is an icon, but then they say that they locked up the symbol of black fatherhood. I'm like, hold your horses. And this is a problem I think that people have with like media property sometimes. Bill Cosby is not Cliff Huxtable. That's number one. Make that clear. Bill Cosby, when you go to your job audience listening, and people in the chat currently.
4: When you go to your job, do you act the same way at your job that you do at your house? No. I, I, and I made that hopefully unanimous. No, you
0: don't. You act at work a certain way, you come home a certain way. Bill Cosby's job for eight years was to act, actually act on a set. And to read words written by him and a group of... You know, other people, some of them black, most of them white, who all sat around and figured out how do we make this nice, happy, lovable family that's run by a doctor and a lawyer. That's number two. Cliff Huxtable is not fucking real. Bill Cosby and Cliff Hustle, and Cliff Hustle is not real. He's a created character. Yes, he was a great father and things. And that's number two. A hey, Cliff Huxtable is not currently in prison. They locked up Bill Cosby. Because Bill Cosby was sexually assaulting women. And it was a fucking open secret in Hollywood for quite some time. But people were too scared to say anything because he was Bill Cosby and he had the money and the power and the influence to make and break careers. I know a lot of y'all just heard about the shit, like, in, within the last couple of years when Harrell Burr said it. But it's been around for quite some time. And you see people like Barsha Warfield t- coming out talking about, yeah, People told me if I ever go visit Bill Cosby, don't drink anything around him. People treated it like it was a joke, like it wasn't serious, or that is just what Bill does. People knew it's not some made up shit. 60, uh, David Allen Greer was on the Wendy Williams show on um, a couple days on Thursday. And he said Bill Cosby mentored him, helped him figure out how to run a show and everything. And he says, that's before I knew about all of this. He said, if 60 people tell you something about me, you should believe them and not me. And even Wendy was on that. Well, I don't think he should have gone to jail. He should just go go home and be um, under house arrest in a studio apartment somewhere. He's too old for jail because OJ said he might get assaulted in jail. Which they already, they threw a hot dog bun at him. Apparently in the first day he was in the jailhouse. And David Andrea <laughs> was like, Wendy, why are, you, why are you taking internet advice from OJ Simpson? Which, why? That's a good ass question. But yeah, people have just been a lot about the whole thing. And it's, I don't, I understand that y'all like the Cosby show. I just didn't realize y'all liked it so much to the point where y'all were trying to excuse serial sexual assault. That's a bit far from my taste, to like any program. Like, you can watch The Cosby Show and understand that the man who made it is not a good man. You don't have to stop watching it. James Brown was a terrible person. James Brown music still gets played everywhere. I still have James Brown music. I still have a Cosby Show DVD in my collection. The show is still watchable. They probably won't show it on cable because they don't want to be associated with man who serial rapist. but you owned the shit and already bought it. You don't have to give it up. Maybe you want to, but you don't have to. You can enjoy what you want to enjoy. You just have to understand that this man is not the same man you saw on that program. And because you like that program, because you went to college, because you saw a different world, does not mean that this man does not need to go to jail for sexually assaulting women. And he only is going for three a, a a minimum of three years. And because he's old and legally blind, He probably will only do those three. He probably won't do the whole 10. And to be perfectly honest, considering how many women it's been, three years is not enough. I understand he's 81 or 82 years old. 81, because he was born in 1937. But, you know, if you... Crime time, you know, is an old saying. Now, as to the thing where they don't put people, they don't put the white people in jail I have two words for you. Jerry Sandusky.
4: Where's Jerry Sandusky right now, y'all? Wait, Brandon, didn't he? Wait, I could have sworn he. Jerry Sandusky is in jail,
0: Ali. Prison. No. Who's the one from that case who died before? Joe Paterno.
3: <laughs> yeah. The there coach.
0: Yeah, there you go. He The, did. Coach, the coach is dead. Yes, yeah, and Dusky yeah. in jail. Right. So yeah. that's the one. Other, Roman Polanski the other, between, is supposed between. to be in jail. What happened was so they didn't let Bill Cosby go home after the trial. he sent him to jail. You know why? Because when they when Roman Polanski got convicted of sexual assault back in 1976 or 77, he, they let him go home to get his shit, and he escaped to countries over in Europe where they don't have the um, extradition laws, so they can't come get him. They've been begging for decades to try to get his ass. He's not walking around like free as a bird. He's technically trapped in certain countries. He takes one step out of certain countries in the country we do have an extradition policy with. He goes to jail. Woody Allen went to trial. He got off. Harvey Weinstein will be going to trial. He's already been charged with eight counts of sexual assault in New York State. Hopefully, I mean, there's some shady shit about. The DA taking bribes from Harvey Weinstein's lawyers and things, and that's all extremely fucked up. Or oh, I think, the, and the governor as well of New York. Hopefully, the actual local New York uh, police department will see around there. I don't know if they will or not. Good luck. But Harvey Weinstein deserves to go to jail. Hopefully, he'll also try him in California too. This is the same thing. And also, it ain't just white people who, who sexually assault people that don't go to jail. R. Kelly. It's still free. And y'all know he's sexually assaulted underage women because he married one in 1994 and they printed the marriage license in Vibe magazine for y'all all to see it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Nate Parker ain't go to jail. His homeboy did for the exact same thing. But he didn't go to jail. Brandon, this 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 idea... Of separating a CeeLo
0: didn't person. go to jail. You you, you mystical went to jail. So a lot. <laughs> what you, happened? What happened, Ali? I'm sorry. The,
3: this idea where you're asking people to separate the character from the the actor—it's a like lot. A really cool thing. It's like a really complicated thing for a lot of people. So
0: it ha- okay, all right, all right.
4: Help me help, help like me
0: help people. <laughs> Why is it difficult? <laughs> why is it difficult the coffee show was on the air 30 years ago you've seen everybody in that show playing a different part somewhere else that is not the part that they played when they were on that program that at the very least should get you to see that these people aren't those people I I sort of understand what you're saying because there's still people Ali I know who don't like Lawrence Fishburne because he hit Angela Bassett in the Tina Turner movie But yeah, that was also like twenty five years ago, and now he's the local grandpa of Blackish, and he doesn't hit his wife, as far as I know, in real life.
5: No, please, no. He's a good man. Right, he couldn't hit Gina. Gina would murder him if he ever oh. struck his real life wife. That woman would murder him. And, and then
3: be- the and then the the force of Gina Torres fans.
5: <laughs> we'll <would> destroy <laughs> him utterly <laughs> Exactly It's like he'd get slapped by Gina Torres And then her entire fan base would just like Strike him down
0: Right And but, like um, and the same thing with Danny Glover in The Color Purple Yep Danny Glover just not uh, Missed Mr. in real life <laughs> Now I understand Bill Cosby <laughs> Played a great dad on The Cosby Show And you felt like for folks who didn't have fathers, you felt like he was sort of kind of your surrogate or proxy dad. But this, this nigga went home at the end of the shooting day after they wrapped um, and the audience applied everything. He went home and was Bill Cosby. And a couple of nights he went home and he raped somebody like a couple of days out of the year while he was making that program. And before he was making it and
4: after he was making it. He's not Cliff Huxtable. You have to make the separation; otherwise,
0: you're not going to have the right frame of mind about it because you're going to feel sorry for Cliff Huxtable going to jail. Right? The thing is, the thing. You know what really did it for me? Even though I already, you know, he's the an actor and everything. You know what really, in my head, separated Bill Carson from Cliff Huxtable for me was when I read the behind-the-scenes about how him and Lisa Bonet had their dealings, about how fastidious he was with these. Um, Morality clauses and the and the kid actors contracts and stuff and everything, and how he you know and clearly he's a hypocrite because look what he's doing, but the whole thing with Lisa Bonet and he want to do Angel Heart, him saying yes and then saying no and everything and sending her half across the country to do a different world because he didn't want to be around her, you know and everything like that. I was just like this dude isn't clearly isn't Cliff Huxtable. He wasn't at the time He was making Cliff Huxtable. He's kind of. And I mean, you hear the Eddie Murphy joke in Raw.
5: I was just about to bring that up.
0: (laughs) I would like to talk to you about some of the things you do in your show. That's a real story. It's exaggerated for for a comic emphasis, but Eddie Murphy is not the only person Bill Cosby used to call up talking about you're doing dirty jokes on stage and it's not cool. He did that a lot. And look at what he's doing on the side. So, yeah, separate people. In my mind. Does anybody else have any? I've, I've ranted for that last 15 minutes.
5: For starters, Bill Cosby, literally, like DL Hughley has talked about it, every comedian who was around in that time who didn't panhandle to Bill Cosby's whims has come out. He, even before the accusations has come out to say, fuck that nigga, Bill. He's tried to control all of our careers. Right. And essentially in my eyes, from my understanding of Bill's content and what he does. And I know a lot of people, probably some of the people on this podcast right now are going to be displeased to hear this. He was like, from, from what I've gathered, he was like the master shucker and jiver of the comedy of that era um, Not really, that, that, really would been, that would have be been Jimmy why. Walker
0: Like Bill Cosby's comedy was It was clean and sort of kind of you know like PG rated It was funny But it, he didn't He didn't count out the white audiences And sort of kind of a Chuck and the Javis over way Rather he sort of kind of targeted Family audiences of, of all types And tried to keep a certain sort of Anodyne uh, Respectability of politics sort of an image now, where he shucked okay, well, and jived I mean, was when he was making them speeches in the 2000s talking about black people need to pull their pants oh, up yeah. and stop going to jail, stop stealing pound cake and all that kind of stuff. That's the shucking and the jiving.
5: Yeah. And also the shucking and the jiving is when you try to tell other comedians what to do. Right. My, uh, when I think of Bill Cosby, I've seen it. I'll start with this. I saw a few episodes of the Cosby show. Wasn't fucking with it. It just looked like Oh, yeah, because you didn't grow up with matters.
0: it. I don't, I don't know if your right. mom ever told you, but like, the, world, the black world used to stop. Thursday nights at eight. Oh no,
5: I know. Yeah, every That's
0: black household, because like because you're cause you're we're where you are just too young to have actually experienced it to where you remember it. Yeah.
5: I'm more of like the boy meets world era, which yeah. was still too old for me. They graduated high school in nineteen ninety-eight. I was seven. Like, right. I know I know where my age falls there. Yeah. Like, like even when I got, like, even when I got into those shows. Family Matters, hell yeah. yeah! Fresh Prince, hell yeah! Good times, I enjoyed it, but I didn't see all of it. Bill Cosby couldn't sit through a whole episode, even after I found out or found the episodes with Raven on them. I
4: yeah. was just
5: like, like it's no. that
0: show. That show, the Cosby show, didn't age that well. Different World aged a lot better, but like it can't. It can't be understated. We can't revise history. The world did used to stop at Thursday nights at eight for an entire hour. Like whatever anybody's doing, anybody's house that was black, they Thursday nights at eight. TV turned on, it was on NBC and everybody watched. That was a thing.
5: Right. And I mean that's that's great. But what's not great is just because you're on a successful show, you want to call Eddie Murphy, right, DL, or anybody else, and try to tell them what to do. And right. I would like to point out that while he is Cliff Huxtable, these other gentlemen whose careers he tried to control have played multiple iconic roles and are iconic for their stand-up and for everything about them. Whereas he is just Cliff Huxtable. What, what was, the, I think his other big, the-, the Fat Albert. That's it. Fat, Fat Albert. Albert and what, Little Bill? That like. Little Bill, people, people don't really
0: remember football. Little Bill like that, but Fat Albert.
5: Right, but I'm just saying, it's like you tried to control these people's careers and they have outshined you a thousand fold. So it really, when I think of Bill Cosby, I don't think of Bill. I think of Richard where he said, next time I'm a call, tell him I said suck my dick. That's the first <laughs> thing I think of from coming to Bill Cosby's name. Have a coconut spice, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> right. The first, two, the first two things I think of are those two lines from Richard Pryor and then DL where years before Hannibal Birds did it, years before anything, Cosby called him during his radio show. He called his radio show. Like this was on the air. DL has talked about this numerous times where he said, This
4: is Bill Cosby.
5: And I'm not, ai can't do an impression, but he essentially said, I need you to like clean up your act or, you know, you shouldn't be using the N word. And DL said, Yeah, yeah. You know what? A lot of people say I swear a lot. A lot of people say I say racially, racially insensitive shit. A lot of people say I overuse the word nigga. You know what nobody ever says about me? That I rape people.
1: Mm. And then he pe- hung people up knew back then.
5: People knew it was a yeah, secret. And the only person who ever called him out for that shit, to my knowledge, was Bill. And maybe or it was it was DL, I mean. Like DL was the one who was like, no, I understand you like to call black comedians and try to tell them what to do. I'm not having it. Right. Like he was like, you will not do this. Cause Eddie took that call and looked confused and wasn't sure how to feel. So he <laughs> called Richard. DL got that call and was like, no. <laughs> he was like, no, I know right. what you do to people. You don't control me fuck out of here i i have never been and that's where i said you know for me the perspective is a little different Mm -hmm. i've never been a fan of bill cosby ever there's never been a bill cosby project where i was like i enjoy this so for me there was nothing more than watching an old black dude who anyone my age has to deal with this an old black man who tries to tell everybody else how to live their life but they doing some dirty shit getting caught for the dirty shit that they doing and suffering the consequences. Throw more hot dog buns, throw hot dogs, throw everything at this man. I want a I wanna live stream, a constant 24-7, or no, not 24-7 because I don't want to watch him sleep. Truman show this man's prison time. Like, please <laughs> put cameras everywhere. I want to watch him get beat up because every time he gets punched, that's that's a little bit more payback for one of the women he touched or one of the people whose careers he tried to destroy. Oh, my. Uh, Ali... He was the villain of that world in I, my eyes. I can see that,
0: yeah. Ali, how do you feel about it?
3: Um, yeah, I I basically share your sentiments, too. I've I already talked to him on a number of occasions, Brandon, about the fact that... You know, people, people out there, Diehard fans, uh, have been on on my timeline a few times. Um, basically, re reblogging or, you know, you know these these this conspiracy theories about why Bill Cosby is in prison and why this is an actual actually a racial issue, as opposed to a very cut and dry issue of um, sexual assault. <laughs> it's you raped people. Therefore, you need to go to jail. It is not people have been trying to to um, you know to to really push this kind of agenda, where you know the white man is trying to bring you know black people down. I'm just like,
0: no. Tell, <laughs> tell, there's somebody who says, says that. Tell them this. Y'all know why Bill Cosby was finally convicted? Because remember, the first trial was a mistrial because the juror, certain <laughs> jurors refused to convict because just because he was Bill Cosby. The re- there also reason why he wasn't convicted was because his testimony when he was um doing a civil suit back in 2005, 2006, where he said, yes, I brought the drugs I thought, and, and for the women, the quaaludes and everything, to give to them to have sex with them. I just thought it was legal. I thought they knew what I was doing, which they did not. That testimony was not admissible in the first trailer. It was in the second. His own words brought him down, not the white man. Sorry, Arlie. I, I just had to make sure I got that in there.
4: Well, yeah, people
3: are, are really—I I don't know why this is so. This is so crazy, and then they keep comparing um, this issue to—they keep comparing Bill Cosby to other to um, Till. Who, who have not, yeah, to either to either folks who have been a victim of racial discrimination and very iconic people, right. Of who have been a victim of racial discrimination, or they've been comparing him to other ancient white men and saying that these other ancient these ancient white men are not in prison. Therefore, Bill Cosby should not be in prison. <laughs> just just wild. People are just wild on here. And you know, I I'm very I'm hoping I'm waiting for all this to, to go away because I just it just—it's just, it's just really—it's really sad to see what people put their faith in. It's really sad to see what people prioritize. It's—it's it's really upsetting to 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 see people get bamboozled like this, and to have this sort of a a, a world view that is so very fragile. Like the idea that you think that mm-hmm. Cliff Huxtable is your father, and that you think that Cliff Huxtable is the one in prison—is—is it, kind of
0: creepy to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Ken. Mm-hmm. Hello? Kendrick? Yes. Oh, there you go. How do you feel about it? I'm sorry. I missed something. Bill Cosby is in jail. I'm not touching that, except for the fact that, um, yeah, that's where he deserves to be.
3: So,
2: Short speed it. is
0: fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I
3: mean, you, we could beat this...
0: We I feel like we don't need more, to. So we already scale. sort of have, but yeah, it's just yeah. But I,
3: I'm, I mean, you even mentioned Brandon that you you're on here trying to, you know, trying to talk, um, educate people and talk to people, right? Because people are honestly, telling blatant
0: I, I, ass fucking lies that they have made up, I'm, like the whole NBC shit. Remember, I wrote the fucking article where I sat there and gave you the links and shit. Bill Cosby did what to buy NBC in 1992. And he wanted to gather up a group of investors that would include him to buy it. He wasn't, He didn't have the money. People, somebody's like, well, Bill Cosby's money is long, so they couldn't stop him for buying NBC. Nigga, Bill Cosby's a millionaire. NBC cost $20 billion to purchase. He couldn't even afford it. He couldn't afford the down payment. <laughs> Shit. But people, because Dick Gregory and Dick Gregory is 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 dead and gone now. But Dick Gregory made a video talking about that shit, and niggas just shared it since Bill Cosby was trying to buy NBC, and so they found these white women. Andrea Constant is um is half black for those who didn't know. So he went to jail for for sexually assaulting a black woman. Don't try it. And and the whole thing. Of, oh, yeah. It's so therefore, the white man wanted to bring him down, aside so from buy NBC because he was going to buy NBC and he was going to turn it black and make nothing but black positive images.
3: Maybe, maybe people thought that NBC is just a building. It's not a building, guys.
0: <laughs> it's not, not a cottage. He's not trying, it, to a, uh, he's national, trying to buy a skyscraper. It's the National Broadcasting <laughs> Network. It's in the goddamn name. And if you thought that Bill Carson was going to buy NBC and make all black shows, all black positives with that judge, you niggas would actually think was positive and not some respectability of politics non-shit, nonsense shit. In your fantasy world of 2018 where you actually could afford it, you're fucking stupid. I'm sorry. You're fucking
5: stupid. I don't need I don't need a whole network of Claire Huxtable lectures. Thank you very much. I'm good.
3: <laughs> it's just it's just gonna be 24 hours of of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, <laughs> just,
1: that's all it's <Yeah>. It's
5: either either going to be pull yourself by your bootstraps or a black or an old black dude in flannel really excited about a sandwich. (laughs) That's the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) There
2: ain't enough ugly sweaters in this (laughs) world. God
4: damn it. Jesus! (laughs) Jesus <laughs> right. I don't need
5: that up- I don't need that at all now, now, if will Smith did it, then it'd be different although on his current tip, it'd be a whole bunch of like people overcoming fears and like it'd be a whole bunch of shows about like inspiring people to do things which which would still be better like right i I don't know, but maybe that's the generational gap talking but i don't know It's i just can't deal with i've never understood people's obsession with bill cosby you want to yeah, look at a that- father figure he sat there and glared at his kids he barely raised his kids you want to look at a black father figure just watch more fresh friends His uncle phil was not even an uncle that man was a dad i would actually agree with that thank you i mean i'm sorry Cliff Huxwell may have like had a you know had a cons- had a pretty good cast of you know black kids that we watched grow up. So did Carl Winslow. So did Uncle Phil, but I mean Uncle Phil took in a kid who wasn't even his kid, Will Smith. That whole character. Did we all forget the scene where Will's da- where Will's dad came back for one second and then left at the end of the episode? Cliff ain't never had to act like that on Cosby. That's ever. A point. He never had a demanding scene like that, ever. All of his scenes were, kid, you being stupid. Or, little kid, I like you because you're little and you don't <laughs> make me feel good. Or, baby, let's have two minutes of lovemaking. Or, mm, this sandwich. That was Cliff Huntsville's character. So hold up. I've seen enough clips of this show, especially since this controversy, that I can say that. With confidence. That's that was kind of accurate. Character. Be honest with you. have actually watched it was that's kind of accurate. Claire was like the main parent on that show. But yeah. And her whole thing was I am a black woman who's incredibly successful and still manages to be a perfect mother and wife at home. And I you still don't, even don't know, know how. how I
3: still have I'm never seen amazing. the inside of that one. I don't home.
5: like her. I don't like her either. Even every time they try to bring her into a new like up and coming project, even I'm not gonna lie, it's not the biggest thing. She was only in it for three seconds. But even when Drake put her in the in my feelings video, I was like, really, dude? Really? How much money did now, you
0: spend? This that's person? a little bit different. <gasps> um, because the whole Fisher Rashad thing, but but yeah. Um, let me go ahead and put you back on mute. Hold on. And all right, so next up. So this gets its own session because Ali sort of kind of brought up some things that we want to talk about. So I saw Night School this morning. Night School, of course, is the new Kevin Hart movie directed by Malcolm Lee and produced by Will Packer, which also features Tiffany Haddish. I know in the poster it says Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish are sort of kind of the same size font. Or you actually watch the movie that just says Kevin Hart starring in Night School with Tiffany Haddish. They baited the switch. Y'all think it was going to be the two of them in the movie throughout. He is the lead. She has a supporting part. Of course. So this movie is not good. It's actually kind of low-key terrible. And it really? doesn't have to be. I'm going to talk about it. I probably need to spoil it, which ain't much of a spoiler, really, because I don't think you should see it any old way. It's kind of a waste of money. So Kevin Hart is a guy back in 2001, he's in high school, um, he's supposed to take the, uh, the uh, graduation test, the Georgia graduation test, and he has dyslexia. And the way they depict dyslexia in this movie is that they animate his dyslexia and also dyscalculia, which is the same thing as dyslexia except for numbers, not for words. And so they do this by animating the words and the, and like the mathematical diagrams coming off the page and sort of kind of attacking him like flies, which is kind of silly, but he decides to quit school at that moment. He becomes a dropout and he goes to work as a barbecue salesman for 17 years. And the barbecue salesman, uh, the guy who owns the barbecue shop is going to leave it to him because he doesn't want to leave it to his own son. But Kevin Hart manages to blow the barbecue spot up when he's trying to propose to his uh, fiance. In the barbecue spot. He accidentally he opens up a, a thing of champagne and the cork hits the gas um inlet and it catches fire with a spark and explodes and blows up the, the shop. The um, the old white man takes his money, goes to floor his search money goes to Florida, and Kevin Hart now needs a job, but to get a job, he needs to get a GED. So he's going to night school, that's taught by Tiffany Haddish. And the principal at the school where he takes his night classes was the same kid he used to bully in high school. So it becomes right. the sort of thing where he's trying to deal with this um, his old uh high school classmate who's not a principal is now trying to stop him from getting a GED. He's lying to his fiancé about actually being broke, poor, and in night school, trying to get a GED. She has no idea. And it's about him and this ragtag band of ne'er-do-well adults. You know, there's the Latin guy who came from Mexico who used to be a waiter until Kevin Hart got him fired from his job and he happens to be in the night school. There's Romney Malco playing a hotep. And he's a poorly written hotep. You know, none of the jokes you would think work work at all. There's a young uh, white teenager who uh, got kicked out of school for doing Molly as like a, this sort of kind of depressed housewife who... Got married, got married when she was in high school, because she was pregnant when she was in high school and never got to graduate. And there's this just big, dumb white dude who's like sort of kind of the doofus of the thing. With in a better writer's hands, this would be a good movie. Because it has all the character sets. You have Tiffany Haddish playing the teacher. It has all the setups and everything, but the execution is so terrible. The jokes are unfunny. The jokes that actually are funny become unfunny because the film is. Is poorly edited to that jokes run on forever, or the editing between shots is there's way too much air in it. The movie is 111 minutes long. If it was cut down to 88, it'd be perfect. Right? Well, not perfect. It'd be better. At least it's like it's like they wrote it. And mind this movie had like nine writers credited. Now I don't think you could legally credit nine people on a movie anymore. And one of them is Kevin Hart. And it's like I think they felt like the they wanted to cast people who would ad-lib and make the shit that wasn't funny, funny. But they didn't. Like, you could tell they're doing what was on the paper and it's just simply not funny. None of it works. all predictable. As you can... The only twist is that Kevin Hart, at the end, after they take all the, the big GED test, everybody passes except him. And so you do a montage of him taking it like eight more times before he finally passes it. And then, of course, everybody goes to the graduation and everything, you know, and from there it's basically like Standard tropes and everything. The only thing I'll give it is that Tiffany Haddish can play a character who isn't, she's loud, but she's educated. She's not loud and dumb in this movie.
5: I'll give so her, I'll give them basically, that. So basically, it's every other Kevin Hart movie where he's the lead.
0: Yes, it actually is. Every other Kevin Hart movie where he's it, the lead.
5: His, I love Kevin Hart, I do, but he, he's not a leading man he's a support and it's not because he's short and it's not because he's a comedian it's because when he picks his leading man movies and it's it's sad because they're always the movies he writes hard the hardest for and i get it because on this one he got that producer check which was nice i'm sure because he was credited as a producer on this
4: and a writer here's the thing
5: he rode so hard like His Instagram, his social media was flooded with wedding ringer proposals Mm -hmm. and promote promo work. That movie was a dumpster fire. But, and I hate to use this as as an adjective, it was the most, I don't want to say it this way, so let me find another. It was the most for all audience, regardless of demographic, movie he had made. Up
0: until that time. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, so. Is that a Will Packer production as well? I'm gonna look it up while I do this. So there's this thing Will Packer does for y'all who don't know. Will Packer is a black producer who he had a lot of big success with Think um, Like a Man Part One and Part Two,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is important to note. Even though this movie's written by Tim Story and starred mostly black folks, they were both written by white people. Reason being, he mm-hmm. was trying to make movies starring black people that white people Will go see. Without it being a, you know, a step and fetch at coon fest, and he succeeded yeah. with things like A Man Part One and Part Two. They try to do something like that with this movie because, like, you had this multicultural cultural ragtag team of people behind Kevin Hart. So, for those who think it's going to be a quote unquote black movie, it really sort of isn't. Sort of comes kind of like a standard issue Hollywood comedy that happens to star black people in some of the
5: prominent roles. Yeah it's it, it came off as that to me that's why i had no desire to see it like he does this thing whenever it's the movie that he's the center of it's always like a we really want white people to see this movie kind of tone to it right and and honestly just at the end of the day i get it because i listen to kevin hart you know promo on the breakfast club and i follow him on instagram so i've seen his rants and I saw him talk about Second Chances and how this movie about Second Chances. And I was like, yeah, I get that. And that's an inspiring message. But a movie about a black dude trying to get his GED is not what we need right
4: now, dude.
5: Like, there's no... There, I'm not saying that there isn't an audience for that. Right. But there's other movies you could have made right now that would have been... It, I hate to bring it up, but you make a movie about a black dude trying to get his GED. And I'm like, okay, you did this.
4: Chris Rock made a movie about the first black president. And it's like, why? I'm not
5: saying we need a black president movie, because we don't, we just had Obama. But like, the standards, man. Like, Kevin Hart should give us the, I mean, he can't now that it's being made into a show. But he should give us basically, instead of doing Think like a man, where it's really all about the Black women in the movie and the dudes, like, learning how not to piss them off and keep having sex with them, he should give us the next installment of, like, Boomerang. You know? Like, I would love to see another movie with, like, three good Black actors or comics sitting around, shooting the shit, being cool dudes, and just living. Like, we don't need a movie about... I blew, oh, I'm a, I inherit. And then also at the same time, really, I inherit, I'm a black dude who's inheriting a barbecue shop. And then I somehow magically burn down the barbecue spot. Like, that's just so outlandish to me.
0: I mean, the whole thing, like, I mean, like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like a silly slap sneaky sort of a thing in places. But yeah, I, I did want to confirm Will Packer did produce the wedding ring.
5: I just looked it up. He just he needs to stop. He could have just made this movie and it just been a thing. And it had been another tip in Tiffany's hat, you know, that, oh, now she did a movie where she's not playing herself. But then also, whenever people want to bring up that Tiffany plays the same character in every movie, most actors play the same character these days. Terry Crews plays Terry Crews in everything he does. His character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine is exactly the same or almost almost exactly the same as his character in White Chicks. Which, with the exception of being a dad, is almost, with the exception of being a dad and being emotionally vulnerable, is very similar to his character. And everybody hates Chris. Like aside from the movies where Terry Crews is a big buff dude beating people, aside from his roles that are action where he is beating people up, he plays the same character in everything. Kevin Hart plays Kevin Hart in everything. Cat Williams played Cat Williams in everything. Will Smith plays. Will, not Smith, Will Smith definitely Will Smith and everything. He and when he tries not to, him it doesn't this work. Credit. I'll give him this credit. He he doesn't come off as Will Smith uh, Will Smith playing Will Smith. He comes off as Will Smith doing this activity. So like, like, yes, he was very there was a lot of, for example, Suicide Squad was a bad movie. But the best part of of that bad movie was Marco Robbie doing a pretty decent Harley and Will Smith doing Will Smith plays Deadshot, but it being a pretty good interpretation of a black version of Deadshot because Deadshot is not black. Deadshot is a white man. So his idea of like a modern day Somewhat like because Deadshot's also not the most deadbeat character in the world. He gets one liners, he gets moments to be funny, he gets moments to be cool. So, Will Smith's version of Deadshot was, in my opinion, genuinely good. But back on my original point, most of these actors just play themselves in every movie they're in. So, there's no need for Tiffany to prove that she can do a movie where she's not Tiffany Haddish because being Tiffany Haddish is more than enough. And for people who remember her from the Carmichael show, she's been playing this character or this style of character since day one. And that's what she's going to play. And she's the first person to really breach Hollywood in a demand for this. Like, I'm not saying she's the first person to ever do it. She's the most successful person currently doing it. Right. You know, I mean, Taraji played loud, angry black woman who might be a mama for years,
0: that and is then she true. started
5: to diversify. Multiple I seasons think, in the Empire. Now she's gotten diverse. Yeah. So people are gonna do that.
0: Yeah. Ali, what were you about I to think,
3: say? I think what's I think the main problem, um, if you're if we're comparing just like what you you just mentioned, like looking at all these black actors and actresses and how they pretty much play. Almost the same role. And this is true for um, a bunch of, you know, white actors and actresses too. I think yep. the difference here, right, is it's, it oils, boils down to, an, in my opinion, respectability politics again. It's Tiffany Haddish is playing a character that a lot of Black people who are watching, um, you know, a lot of Black people who look at this and be like, hmm, that's not how I want to be portrayed on TV. That's not what I want people to be laughing at. And so they, 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 shit on it, right? Whereas Terry Crews playing, oh, big, strong, tough, um, guy in action movies, you know, but still, um, co- comedic, um, sensitive big guy, you know, I- irony in like Brooklyn Nine Nine, you know, that, that sort of thing. That's, they're okay with that. But once they see, um, stereotypes, like the, the black, loud, um, girl who's kind of, you know, black, black, loud woman who's kind of ditzy. That's, that's something that a lot of people look down on. And so they, they look at it and they're like, oh, well, that's what she plays. And that's what she plays all the time. Then I don't like it. So that's, that's what I think we're witnessing right now. It's just, it's just um, Tiffany Haddish's turn to get the heat for it. Right. But Ali, yeah. I, want,
0: I wanted to bring up, because you wanted to talk about how, because when I told you that the movie wasn't good, you were like, why did they keep making these terrible black um, comedies? And why can't they do better movies that are more of diverse genre. And I pointed out a couple like *Blind Spotting and uh, Sorry to Bother You and Black Klansman that came out this year. And of course, Black Panther as well. And I was trying to have like, point out that they do make these movies. And the thing is that people we're talking about right now, Will Packer and Malcolm Lee, we don't know if we want them making things that aren't comics. We just want them to make good versions of what they're trying to make already and let other people make other things.
3: Yeah, so let me see if I can, I can say this and, and clean it up a little bit. Um, I want, you know, essentially what I think is what you want to. I want a wide range of of black, um, genre, you know, wide genre, um, you know, of black movies that that are good. I want blockbuster black movies that aren't always a comedy right um i think we did we did great with uh, black panther this year um but then again it was a co- a, um, a comic book property and black panther's you know it, it came it was like a phenomenon it was like a you know oh it's, it was a first time thing for something like that so it, people came on in droves right that's that's awesome but i want more um, Ryan Coogler's of the world. And I want more of the people who do, like you said, blind spotting. Um, I want more of the folks who, who do, um, you know, I, I want more of these kinds of movies. I want them to be huge and big. And I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of these, 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 these movies that, that we keep, um, seeing on TV, these, these, these um, these properties that just kind of people just kind of ignore and just kind of roll their eyes out and just keep it moving. And then they don't pay it they don't give it any money. And I was, and I, my my point of seeing all this is what, is there anything that we can do as the audience besides just not page, um, patronizing it by, by not giving any money? Because I would really like to see more black blockbusters and, and I want to see good stories. What we can do... That, that as- aren't necessarily about us...
0: That not, aren't all always about us just, you know, making people laugh. What we can do as the audience is that when people make movies like Blind Spotting, Sorry to Body, You and Black Klansmen is to try our best to go see them. I saw two of those. I didn't get to see Sorry to Body You because I was, you know, just during the whole move and everything. But I saw the other two. You know, I went to the theater and I paid money to see them a lot of times these movies are given limited budgets and limited distribution. So it's not like it's going to land at your regular local theater. Sometimes you might have to drive to a different part of town to go see it at like the art theater. But if that is the case, we need to be able to sort of kind of understand that we need to do that, make these movies look successful, and therefore people might be inclined to greenlight more of them. The other part that sort of how makes it difficult is that Hollywood is changing a lot right now. And sort of kind of the mid-budget dramas that people want to see that are sort of kind of more diversified, sort of kind of the studio versions of a blind spotting that, you know, cost more money, aren't being made anymore. It's either indie budget movies or movies that are super movies that cost indie budget money. Perfect example being uh, this movie, uh, Night School, like an inexpensive comedy, basically like that, or inexpensive Sort of kind of drama. Like, uh, what's the thing um, about the gay kid that came out this year? Love Simon. Or it's blockbuster, $100 million, you know, this is going to feed off our kids for the year, superhero or action movies. And we've already known, we've already seen how they're, what they're trying to do now in the era of, of, of Oscar So White and Me Too is trying to bring women. And people of color into these movies now, but as sort of kind of in ensemble things. I think really going forward where you'll see better quality storytelling about Black people living more or less regular lives is on television. We sort of discussed a little bit of that, but yeah, you're not going to see that that much in movies going forward. You're going to see it mostly in TV. You know, if you to see that with white folks in movies anymore, really, it's, you're going to see that on TV as well.
3: Well, yeah, so that's why at the end of the discussion we had before the podcast, I was like, you know what, I should just be happy with the fact that we have things like Atlanta and Insecure.
0: Yeah, and that's really. More, I mean, because Atlanta and, be more, and Insecure would never be, be made more as stuff movies. Like this. They would. They would never get approved if you made like an Insecure. If you did a script for an Insecure movie and say that the show had never existed but it still was Issa Rae writing a movie and the same sort of character, the same quality, it would never be approved unless you could cut
5: the budget way down low. Atlanta
0: certainly
1: there's would never also, be approved.
5: Uh, there's also, it is a little bit more, it's definitely more of a comedy, but so far it's good. Um, the Lil Rel's show that he's the head of.
0: Oh, Rail, the sitcom that comes on Sundays
1: now.
5: Yeah, I've seen I've seen bits of that. And I enjoyed that as well, but um, again, that that's obviously more of a make people laugh situation. But I mean, you're right about it being more of a TV thing between Insecure Atlanta Blackish, which honestly, not gonna lie, last last season when they dealt with the whole you know marriage lump you know and really made and like even like brief separation and stuff really kind of shook up their storyline a bit and of course Grownish, which i think then the second season's going to come out in a couple of months cuz they're wrapping up production right now i mean we are getting to that level of like you were saying it being more on tv and less on film but yeah. i mean it, we're getting there i i'd say give it give it 5 more years and stuff like blackish atlanta and insecure won't be won't be like, they'll be less rare, I think. Right. Because people are finally starting to realize that these are the stories we want to see. There's a, there's a Netflix sitcom about a Latin family. I think it's called One Day 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 at a Time. time. It's a
0: remake of a show from the
5: 70s. Yeah. I didn't know about it being a remake, but I'm halfway through the first season Mm -hmm. and the fact that there's a, the fact that there's a dorky gay Latin girl who loves Doctor Who and like, has a crush on like a nerdy girl or whatever and stuff like that. Like I really, I look at that and I go, well, Fresh Off the Boat's on TV. Blackish is on TV. They should be on the same network. But, you know, I'd say give it, like I said, give it like four to five more years and stuff like that's going to become the normal. And I think that's going to be a really, really great time because they're getting to the point now where they can't silence it anymore. The audience for it is is too strong now. Like that's that's just the fact. The audience for these things is growing to a point where they can't pretend it doesn't sell.
0: Right, I agree. Ken, how do you feel about it?
4: You still there?
1: Ken, are you sleeping? Did you fall asleep, buddy? <laughs>
3: He did. Um so to piggyback off of what you guys were just saying, um y- you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that whilst we may notice this little issue going on um with um things that are black um in the media, I'm pretty sure that other POC are are, are wanting the same thing, right? And and that's why I'm so happy for um crazy rich Asians that came out this this summer. Um that they, you know it, it really it really proves that you know Poc-led um, movies of that nature can
0: can be amazing, can be great. I mean, well, I, I hear that Crazy Rich Asians. Well, story-wise, it's not amazing. It's that they acted very well. That's what I've heard ah, as well. Okay. But but which I've is fine. But I mean, it's certainly be- probably better than Night School. <laughs>
5: here's here's the thing that people need to understand, and this is this is something that most people <clears throat> most. People of color, especially black people, already get. I don't know the phrase verbatim, but if I was to try to repeat it, it's, you know, black, black folks got got to fly somewhere that a white man can walk to. Yeah. Asians, Asians haven't been well represented in cinema in forever. Let them do. A subpar book adaptation that maybe isn't the best written thing in the world, but they acted the hell out of. Yeah. Well, I hear it's not subpar.
0: Got- what I just basically hear is that it's a standard studio romantic comedy that they do a right. good job. Like it's not what they say is that it's good, but it's not groundbreaking. Which is fine. It's perfectly fine. That's better than bad. That's better than mediocre. It's ground. It's it's groundbreaking
5: because it's because of how Asian it is. Right. Asia, the Asian community has dealt with an endless an endless stream of as soon as as soon as white folks got over yellow fever and stopped making all the villains in all day movies Asian, it was little dick jokes. It was the nerdy guy who gets picked on all the time. It was all the, That's why like one of my favorite YouTubers, Timothy De La Ghetto, he constantly talked about how many nerdy asian sidekick roles he's rejected he's like i will not play that that's not what i'm here to do if he was willing to play that he'd be a he'd be an even bigger success than he already is and he already has millions of dollars so that's what i mean it's like let them have their go-to standard holly hollywood romance movie because they've never had one before ever this is their first one there's a reason why Wang Fu Productions, an Asian production company mostly on YouTube um, or an Asian-American production company whose product products pretty much all go on YouTube, are able to make show, uh, videos called Asian Bachelorette and Asian Bachelorette 2. Because yep. there's only been two Asian men on the actual show Bachelorette. So why not make a spoof where a white woman shows up thinking she's about to be on Bachelorette and then every car that lets a dude out, it's an Asian dude. And she goes, oh my God this is what and then and then they're like oh you didn't think asian men could be sexy boom we're going to give you 20 minutes of like dudes with ripped abs cook who know business who know economics but because we're asian and our creators are asian we're going to throw some asian jokes in there too like they don't have this <laughs> that's why it's a big deal right. it's one of those things where it's like and this is the thing that pisses me off. Rebel Wilson is the most mediocre comedy actress in the world, but because she's a fat blonde woman and we don't have too many plus size white women in Hollywood. And she's from Australia, like has the she, accent.
0: That's an important part. Right, so.
5: People, people acted like she's fucking the, the revolutionary. But then they look at Crazy Rich Asians and they're like, oh, yeah, it was successful. But like it was your standard love story. No, to right. y'all people. It was standard. For these Asian people, this is the first one they ever got. Right. It's the same thing. And that's, honestly, I enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians. But the Netflix one, um, All the Boys I've Loved Before, I thought was better. Right, I enjoyed that more. Hold, hold on one quick second.
0: Thing. Um, Y'all keep talking. I need to go take care of something real quick. But y'all keep talking. I'll tell
3: you yeah. what.
5: I'm about. Maybe it was an age thing, yeah, but like, I've heard about
0: I've heard about
3: that movie too, All the Boys of loved. Um I need to watch that on Netflix.
5: They're both they're both your standard romantic storylines for their age groups, but that enough that in and of itself is groundbreaking is groundbreaking enough because within American Hollywood they have not had that before. It's the reason why Priyanka Chopra joining you know, a pretty decent show about, you know, FBI and terrorism and stuff is a big deal. Is it because Quantico is groundbreaking? No, I mean, season Mm, one was great, but it's because it starred a Middle Eastern woman, literally. She wasn't the secondary character. She wasn't the love interest of a character. It wasn't a show about a white man with a Middle Eastern wife who worked for the government and the government chasing after her. No, it was a show about a Middle Eastern woman who worked for the government. And her having, and the whole plot wasn't even really about her proving her innocence. That was only the first three to four episodes. And then they stopped bothering her and they were like, okay, we need to figure out who did this. That's, these things are groundbreaking just because they finally fucking happened. It's not about, it's not about, oh, they finally did this, but it wasn't that great. It's, oh, they finally did this. Let's put money towards it so they know to do it again. Like, you know what I mean? Like
3: Stuff like that, I I hope when it, when it starts and it, it 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 hits the ground running, I want it to continue like a snowball rolling down a hill. Exactly. Right? So it's not enough to just be like, okay, guys, this that's amazing. Everybody put their money into it. We went to go watch a movie, we went to watch it on Netflix, we're giving it views and all that. But it's let's hope that it inspires more POC directors and producers to say, hey. You know what? This this is a thing. We can actually do this. Let's continue making more. Let's see where this yeah. goes. So
5: because yeah, yeah I mean, are you familiar with the Maze Runner films? Um, I've seen the first one. Okay, so you remember um uh, uh what was his name? Uh, Mino, Mino, the Asian guy. He was the yeah. runner. He was like the dominant alpha male figure. I yeah. want. I want to read the books. I haven't yet. Apparently, there's there's three movies, but like for the whole world of Maze Runner, there's like six, five or six books because there's prequels and then there's what happens after. It's a lot of stuff. But one of the things that the actor who plays Mino said was he wanted, he Hong he Lee, he's been doing projects on YouTube for over a decade. He never had his own channel, but he featured in all the like short film productions that like other creators made. Some of them were very Asian. Most of them were not. And one of the reasons why he wanted to play Mino so bad because he auditioned multiple times is because the idea of playing in general, the most masculine role in that series and it being an Asian man, it blew his mind. He's like, like, Sure, Dylan O'Brien's character, Thomas, the main guy might be the main guy and he might be the overall hero, but the most physically capable, the most alpha male of all the characters, the guy who does the most of the fighting and the fight scenes, most of the crazy action sequences, and it has nothing to do with like, you know, martial arts or whatever, is the Asian character. And it's like, yes, we've seen that before, but in a movie like this, where it's an ensemble cast and they all have to do something physical. It's the Asian, the Asian character almost always still plays second fiddle to a white dude. The only, time, the only time the white dudes don't dominate the action scenes for whatever action movie they're in is if it's some Forbidden Kingdom type shit where it's a little white boy child surrounded by adult martial art characters like Warrior's Gate or Forbidden Kingdom where it's like, oh, you can't dominate this because you're a small white child. But guess what? You're the chosen one. Or some shit. Yeah, somehow.
3: This is like this, um, funny enough, because we've been only really talking about like the males, but it that's kind of like what happened in the um the Tomb Raider movie that just that came out. Was it last year, I think? Is that last white she oh, was it this year? Mm-hmm. Oh okay. It was this year. A white woman, and guess who's her her partner in crime? It's a Asian guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can he can't be the main character in it, but he is a um He's a sidekick. He's a side character.
5: So, yeah, that's what, that's what gives movies like To All the Boys i Loved Before and Crazy Rich Asians so much validation to me because it's like, okay, for every token variety, you know, oh, I'm a nerdy white boy or nerdy white woman or whatever, for every, for every movie that's basically the stupid Taylor Swift song, um, You Belong With Me, but made into a film, there's never been one for Asian people right. ever. And now there is. So even if it's not the best written movie ever, it's still groundbreaking because they finally got one.
0: Right. Okay. And let's go ahead on have some little bit of fun with the challenge. Now listen, I know everybody fucked up this past week, but I picked something fun on purpose and actually have a little bit of breaking news to discuss. So this Ooh. is this is all Shazam related. Because I want it. <laughs> So Zachary Levi had a panel at Baltimore Comic Con this this weekend. And he talked about how he got cast as the Big Red Cheese, Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Well, DC is Captain Marvel, not Marvel's Captain Marvel. He, <laughs> apparently, he always wanted the part, but he was too scared to audition for it because he had heard they had cast um, The Rock as Black Adam. He's like, I don't look like Black Adam. I, like, I, I can't be a physical match for Black Adam on his camera. So, they're probably not going to pick me anyway. So he auditioned for a supporting part, which part he didn't say. I don't know. I guess the tiger. I don't know which part it would have been because the, the largest part for an adult male is for a Latin adult male. And they went to Cooper Andrews, who is not Latin. He is... Gosh, gosh. What is he? Was he? Um, Samoan, but he's playing a Latin guy. So... So, but like, they saw his audition tape and they had gone through a hundred actors for Shazam and hadn't picked anybody. And they were like, why don't we try Zachary Levi? And so he, in the auditioned for Shazam himself because the problem they were having was that every actor came in to read for it and to audition. When they said, you know, you're a child in an adult's body, they immediately started acting dumber despite, you know, trying to be coached not to do it. And the idea, of course, is that Mm -hmm. you know he has the wisdom of song. He's not dumb. He's still just a kid, though. So and Levi's were the only one they who they got who could sort of kind of figure out how to be a kid and not be and not sound dumb. So there's that, right? Uh, And so he mentioned on Twitter, somebody asked him because you guys have seen the trailer, right? Mm -hmm. You know the shot in the trailer where he hits the the little backpack floss dance that all the kids do. Mm-hmm. Or I guess I the saw kids, the, I see, saw the article. yeah. Where all the kids, I guess, were doing. Because apparently that shit's not going to be popular anymore because you know kids and trends. It's already outdated. Yeah, they asked, fun. is that going to be in the final film? Because by the time the film comes about in April, it'll be outdated. And he said, no, it's not. We sort of kind of figured that might happen, so we shot alternates. And the alternates are of him doing the Running Man and the Hustle. So. <laughs> The challenge. Oh, I, oh, so the okay. cha- no, but it's they're outdated on purpose. So the challenge I have for y'all is what dance do you want to see the world's body's Mortal do in the movie The Running Man, the Hustle, or a Ride In Candidate? I'll start with Amelia.
5: Um probably the shoot. Cause that one lasted at least a year. They or the 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 weird like weird hand dance that a lot of people have been doing that drake put in some music videos because that's going to be around for a while plus i just think it'd be funny to see a guy in a shazam costume do that
3: it right. looks I'm ridiculous for- no I'm, matter I'm, what i'm here for this whatever the hell drake was trying to do in
0: that in that video too
2: <laughs> that would be so
3: weird <laughs> to see
0: oh my god is, is no. that your choice too Ollie? Or do you have a different dance? I'm trying to think of anything else um, because I don't dance, so I don't... Any traditional island dances that he could do? Pass. (laughs) As for me, I thought long (laughs) and hard about it because, you know, this is my favorite uh, franchise and everything. I'd like to see him do the MC Hammer. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. That would have killed me if he did the MC Hammer. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
3: him doing hammer time okay fine <laughs> if only he had the pants for it too <laughs> he could
0: borrow oh, from a
5: latin <laughs> but I I actually really appreciate that they took the time to not cast the people who were like oh wait I have to be a kid I'm just gonna be dumb because that's like that's, kids aren't dumb
0: and that sort of bothers yeah. me about the way certain voice actors play him in some of the DC movies and things. They have them sound stupid rather than just now, are we talking?
4: Are
5: we, are we talking Justice League War or Justice League Action or something else? War, not-, not
0: Action. Well, because well, the thing is, it's, it's Sean Astin in both of them, but he actually is better on Action than he is on War because he's directed differently.
5: I, I, I would agree that there is a difference, but- I mean, he annoyed the piss getting, out of me just be, why I hate that movie with a passion. <laughs> I love that movie. And I actually love Shazam's character in that movie because as much as everyone as, as as annoying as he was, it made sense to me only because here's the thing. The most annoying character in that movie was Hal Jordan, because he was like, he was a oh, prick. But here's the thing. Shazam's no, Shazam at that point in his story definitely had never gone up against anything on the level of Darkseid. When it came to those parademons, he knocked them out no problem. So Shazam genuinely doesn't know what to do against something as powerful as Darkseid. But it's not in Shazam's personality, at least in my experience. You'll definitely know more about this. But from what I've seen of Shazam, it's not in who he is to go, I don't know how to deal with this and buckle under the pressure.
0: No, he has, so, he has the courage of Achilles. He sort of can't.
5: <laughs> so the fact that, so the fact that all he has to go on under this daunting figure that is Darkseid is I am too confident to let you break me. So you know makes sense that he would turn around and have give a line like Hey, Blackheart, the Death Eater, or whatever your World of Warcraft name is, and then launch an attack at the guy. I mean
0: that part was I fine, thought, but the I whole the great. whole hitting on Wonder Woman thing and some of the other dialogue and things like the action parts were pretty much fine. But it was like a lot of the rest of it annoyed me because it was like, because he was annoying them and then he started to annoy me as well. And I'm like, well, this is You know, odd. I'll
5: give you that. <laughs> I'll also say, I will also say that Hal Jordan's character in that one is so frustrating and annoying that it definitely outshined or out. And like, I guess for me, it's like he was so annoying that I didn't, I only noticed once or twice, mostly mostly with the Wonder Woman flirtation stuff. The frustrations there. I've actually been frustrated with most of the DC projects that have been going forward since by not seeing Shazam. Like why Death of Superman was an amazing film. Why was Hawkman in there and not Shazam? Well
0: Well, you, you well, we did a whole episode about basically, you know, DC bought that character because they sued the original creators because they felt like it, he's a copyright version of Superman. So the fact right. that he's getting a movie is a minor miracle. Like they sort of kind of see him as nothing more than player two Superman to be used sparingly at that. So right, that's pretty much so that. That's
5: probably why he wasn't put in like the Superman. Superman yeah, rhetoric,
0: even like, though he's in the actual that, comic story.
5: Right, that kind of makes sense, but it's just one of those things. I love Shazam, and I think he deserves better. So it's one of those things where. I, I like when I see him, but I also feel like I we should see more of him. But I get that because when you've got a guy who's basically on par with your big dude, it really makes your big dude look less special. Right. So. Well, I, mean, I can sort of
0: see that, but there's such different characters that I don't. They really are. I, I really, I tend to be able to put them in different styles. And then of course there's the whole Shazam family, which I've, just learned as we movie was coming out, people don't like them because they feel like it makes Billy himself less special. I'm like, that's the awesome thing about the character is that he gave his powers and shares them with his sister and their friends. Right.
5: That's That, and like, to me, is fun. <laughs> like, my favorite Shazam project uh, is probably, or my favorite animated thing that has Shazam in it is probably, um, you know what? I'm I'm going to say it. it's, it's, um, it's that movie that, that was, um, Billy and, and, and Superman and Black Adam. Oh, I don't that like one. that. I that don't like was, that. Why? I thought that it's was
0: dark weird. and it's sort of kind of the music it is, is weird. Dick, yeah.
5: I, it, and it they spend dark.
0: the entire thing fighting and trying to explain to you how their powers are different. So there's not much of a plot. My favorite is uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold episode with the f- whole family in it, where ooh, okay. they're like I forgot about that they're having they're like they're they doing it. their thing and then Mister Mind um makes them say things they actually feel but weren't telling each other and so they end up yeah. breaking up and Batman's turning younger because of uh, like the youth ray and he's trying to bring the family back together by drawing cute pictures of them fighting and him crying on the
1: side.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
5: forgot about that one. <laughs> that is it's how
0: definitely. the comic is, though. That one represents better how the comic is. Well, thank you, M.V. Where can people find you online?
5: Uh, at Strawberry Smirk. And also, this is, uh just been announced. It's pretty cool for anyone who likes to see all, um, all female member, black woman rock bands um there's a band called the tulips they have played afropunk brooklyn afropunk atlanta and multiple other festivals they opened for the indigo uh, girls a few months ago they are on the rise they they were interviewed by buzzfeed recent uh, a few months back they're very much killing the game and i am officially their merch girl so anyone who goes to those concerts look for me and i'll sell you a shirt all right what's the name of the band again Uh, The Tulips, but it's spelled spelled T-X-L-I-P-S. Okay. All right. It's an all-black woman rock band.
0: Sweet. Ali, where can people find you online? You can find me on the See Something Nice podcast group on Facebook. All right. Cool. I think Ken is back there somewhere, but in case he's not, he is at Chico's Kid on Twitter. I am at BTouch on Twitter. You guys can find the show and all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast. You can find the show also at ssnpodcast.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. I keep saying iTunes they you change the Apple Podcast. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Be Safe with Nice Podcast. I'm Brandon. This is Ali. This is Amelia, and we will see you guys next time.
3: So yeah, so he's thinking that, oh, you guys are probably going to try to find a way to defend what Issa did to, um, to to Daniel in season one.
0: And the answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what not, it's like even- the whole Cosby thing. People sure. can't separate, I guess because they also they have this almost the same first name. They can't separate Issa Ray from Issa D. No, 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 no. This is not, I no, he's not talking about Issa
3: Ray. He's talking about Issa the character. That guy is... Yeah, but I'm, what I'm
0: saying is that, you, that you're thinking that he's gonna people are going to go up for Issa... Because she's Issa, and support her in her ghosting of Daniel in season one after she got fucked on the nasty couch,
1: well,
3: any of the point is though we're not defending her, right? What she did was wrong too. She right. should have after she did whatever she should have she, first of all, she shouldn't have she so, shouldn't have done the shit first of
0: all,
4: yeah,
3: but then she should have because she did it, she should have come around and let him know, hey, what we did. That wasn't cool. I have a boyfriend. I should have re- I should have honored, you know, my relationship, and I should have said no, whatever, mm-hmm. blah blah. You you shouldn't have ghosted him until, and then the only the next time you saw him was at the the party for mm-hmm. the um, for the kids uh, in the hills. Mm-hmm. That is not cool. That's not right.
0: So didn't she call him to come to the party and present? That was before she slept with him. Uh, you s- say it. Say it. You slept with him. Yeah! (laughs) Oh, Alexandra Cabot. That's... I want Alexandra to be on Riverdale so bad. Why
4: can't I get that? Hmm. Maybe you will get it. Can you imagine a black
0: Alexandra Cabot? I would die. Maybe. I would die. Maybe you'll get it.
4: With the white streaking her hair? I would die.
0: And please give her her powers. Let her, her cast spells on these niggas. The same way I want I want to see a tiger in, in April. A talking tiger. Jesus Christ, you really want that damn tiger? Listen, we got Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon is awesome. Why can't I get Talky Tani?
1: Because that is so weird. <laughs>
0: it's just What's so weirder? Sh- it's, not, it's no weirder than a talking raccoon. I don't
3: want to see because I don't have nightmares at night.
0: <laughs> Wait, you could be scared of a talking tiger?
3: I don't want it, Brandon. I told you what I think about people in these damn outfits. I don't want he's it. He's not
0: going to be in an outfit. He's going to be an animated talking tiger.
3: He's going to be in an
0: outfit and I don't want it. Oh, sorry. In clothes. Yes. He's going to have on clothes. No, I don't want it. Well, he dresses rather nicely.
3: I don't want it. I don't want to have nightmares.
0: He's going to have a cravat on. You like a cravat? It's my cravat of horror. <laughs> I don't think he'll have on clothes. I think he'll just be a, a naked tiger that talks. That seems to be that seems to be the way that they have him now. Child the nastiness. Although Oof. I would like to see Damn him in a nice no three-piece suit. Yeah. Nasty. There was a comic where he yeah. actually takes the, the clothes, clothes off so he can I do like you, regular tiger out, shit
1: and save people clothes. and stuff
0: as a tiger. And at the end, he's like, Uh, Captain Marvel, I'm naked. Should I go back for my clothes? I think I showed you that panel. And he's covering himself like 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 a, like, a, like a naked woman like over the titties.
3: <laughs> yeah, because because he's because he's vulnerable. He's innocence.
0: He's covering his
3: essence, his innocence, and he's, he's um, you know, because he's supposed to be of of the church. Brandon. He's a Christian tiger. He's a Christian tiger, he's not just any old goddamn <laughs> raggedy, raggedy, <laughs> raggedy hundred acre wood tiger.
1: He's, a Christian he's got on tiger. clothes,
0: he's been baptized.
1: He's been baptized,
0: that's right. I just imagine how that might not have gone well baptizing the tiger. How are you gonna dunk swim. him? You take three people to dunk him in the water and bring him back up.
4: That's okay. Tigers swim; they can
0: do that. You have to. You have to bring. You have to put them in the water. When you better have somebody and bring them back up. You should have just jump, jump them. Jump in the. in the baptismal pool. Now I have a whole scenario in my head of Tucky Tony's baptismal um, day, and Captain Marvel is there, and Mary and Freddie are there. It's 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 an event So Mr. Morris is there Covering it for Wiz TV So that means Billy has to be there So Captain Marvel can't be there Billy has to be there He has to work (laughs) (laughs) Hi hi, folks We're here at the um, St. Baptist Episcopal AME Episcopal Baptist Church Where Mr. Talking Tawny Is about to go under A very important moment Of his career He's about to be baptized
4: Mm-mm. Is Steamboat gonna play the organ?
0: I'm joking. I'm joking.
3: I'm joking. Steamboat. That's what they're gonna bring in the movie just to piss you off. No,
0: they're not gonna bring fucking Steamboat. What's <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. gonna happen?
0: <laughs> Why do you want Steamboat? You just what you don't want me to be happy with the tiger, so you want to bring in Steamboat instead. All right, they're gonna do that. They're gonna
3: have, they're gonna have a, a bus pass slowly behind Billy one of these days, and it's gonna have on the side just like how Marta has ads on the side. It's gonna have <laughs> steamboat tours. <laughs> and I'm gonna turn to you, brother, and I'm going to say, "How you like
0: me now, bitch?" <laughs> and then the, and I did I see the tiger's gonna talk, and I'm gonna turn back to you and say, "How you like me now, bitch?"
3: <laughs> That'll never happen, but mine, mine is gonna
0: happen because <laughs> because people like to troll. Yeah, because DC is terrible.
3: <laughs> because this is DC is trash, and they are going to troll you. Is what's gonna happen? Just me by myself. <laughs> they
0: troll you. You know, what Brandon would really hate is a steamboat reference. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't <when>, that take their entire movie them referencing a, a racist stereotype? No, I like I said, it's not gonna be part. Of, it's not a part of the plot. It's Billy
3: is walking, and a bus passes behind him slowly, and it says Steamboat Tours. That would get that would get them in doors. trouble.
0: There would be a thing. fancon.
3: They wouldn't even think they wouldn't even think twice about it until until black people who until white people who just who not only know that it's a racist stereotype, but they want you to know that it's a racist stereotype so that it can piss you off. So you waste time on Reddit. (laughs) So they'll be like, black people, Negroes, come out and play. Do
0: you really think they would do that? I know you're trolling me right now, but do you really think they would do that?
3: Well we'll just we'll just wait and see because there's gonna be something to the steam on a boat (laughs) and I I'm gonna turn to you and (laughs) I'm going to tell you straight up. Didn't I tell you they would be raggedy enough to do this? Didn't I tell you that they would try your entire life? What about the tiger? Right, <laughs> and, and on top of that, they will not put your tiger in there just to be petty. <laughs> and then we're gonna have to walk out to the theater, and then we're gonna have to talk to the to the manager, <laughs> tell him that you want your money back <laughs> because you didn't get your damn tiger, but what you did get is a mouthful of steam
5: <laughs> and a boat. I I appreciate, I just appreciate Shazam for. You know, just the wonderful heart character that he is. So I'm genuinely excited for this movie. This movie seems like it's going to be another Wonder Woman, if that makes any sense. At least within like the quality that DC's been putting out. I'm hoping so. This seems like like it's going to be another one of those ones where we're like, yo, this was so genuinely good. Why this, why are all the other ones so bad? Like, I am more worried about the Wonder Woman sequel than I am about the Shazam
0: movie. I'm not worried about Wonder Woman. I'm worried about Aquaman, but we'll find
5: out more as it comes forward. I can't. I I, I actually forgot that the Aquaman movie was even happening well, just because I'm putting so little stock into what DC is doing that I'm pretty much only thinking about the Shazam movie when i think happy thoughts in dc i think Shazam and Super Sons that's it and super sons is done for right now so it's just Shazam for current have you
0: seen that they're doing a new comic series of shazam with the family in it coming out in the fall no
5: i didn't see that yeah. i uh, i haven't been i haven't been doing that that good on really keeping up with comics i mostly i mostly just watch uh, comic story in videos, and even then, I still mostly click on Marvel stuff just because that's that's you know me. It's well usually, better that that's like <laughs> it's it <laughs> just mean, more it what honest. I'm drawn to in general. Um, I got you, uh, but yeah, did you, I I had one uh, somewhat off-topic question, but I did think it was uh, relevant to what we normally discuss here. Did anyone see the death battle from last week uh, for Dare- Daredevil versus Nightwing? No. Mm, no.
0: Is this a YouTube series?
5: Oh, is that yeah. One of those um, things where you just
0: picked, they, it's I, like a YouTube. You I, I feel I feel bad uh, right now.
5: <laughs> they go they go through they go through the origin story of, be- of each character, their maximum feats, and their power sales. They use actual science. And then they they animate a battle. What was really cool about this one was this is the first time they ever did a um, they ever did a battle that was live action. And they basically said they were like, "Look, this fight was incredibly even, aside from one detail." And they normally do a really good job. Like my favorite one that they've ever done was Lex Luthor versus Iron Man. I- Iron Man won, right? Yeah, yeah, Iron Man one. It was really, really <laughs> cool. It was really cool to watch them go at it and how they dealt with each other. Um, they were the ones. They were the ones who finally settled the debate: Goku versus Superman. And then when when Dragon Ball Super got made, or uh, when when Battle of the Gods got made, so then you know uh, Super Saiyan God was a thing. And then Goku or uh, Superman developed the Solar Flare technique, where it basically explodes or whatever. They went back and they did it again because they were like, okay. They have new powers now. So we know that this debate is still gonna go on. Right. So we're gonna do it again. And then they finally settled it on a psychological and like just who the characters are at their core level, where if you've watched this video, you understand why it ended the way it did and you understand why having this debate is pointless because of just who these characters are.
1: Right. Um,
5: I'm not gonna go into all that, but like their comparisons are usually really, 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 really spot on. I don't ever I don't ever disagree with them. Um, a lot of people got mad at uh, the Batman versus Spider-Man one because they basically said, without prep time, Spider-Man could be Batman easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is true. Um, but I bring up this one just because it was live action, and of course, you know, Daredevil's coming out in a couple of weeks, and I'm so excited. I have neglected every I've neglected Iron Fist season two. I finished Luke Cage season two, and that was basically where those Netflix shows ended for me. I did not look at the new season of Jessica Jones. I'm just waiting on Daredevil. Gotcha. But I just wanted to bring that in because, you know, it's. I, before that video was made, I always thought of Daredevil as like the Marvel version of Batman. But now I see that it's really more like Nightwing and Daredevil are toe to toe rather than it being Batman. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was a cool thing that uh, if anyone's interested in comparing characters and watch them duke it out, that whole series is really, really well done.
0: Okay. All right.